The following has been brought to you. Everybody say what time is it? Steve-O. <laughs> Boom. Good evening, CWF. How the hell are we? That's amazing. <laughs> I think it's not even Halloween. This is just standard gelt for me and Sam. Yeah, this is what we dress up on when we do our private streams. <laughs> that is definitely chain, chain wrestling after dark. It is indeed. It is indeed. Some people may have noticed there is a third little face with us, Magazine. They have, yeah. This gorgeous bastard right yeah, here. sexy beast. Steve-O, <laughs> over the Hello. moon for you to be joining us on Shane Wrestling Live, my friend. How are you doing? This is... Uh, it's a very, really weird, surreal <laughs> moment because it's very rare that I'm ever on a guest as on a, a guest on a podcast, especially one that I actually classify as one of my favourites. Oh, mate, thank you. Oh, we legitimately, that. this is just... You guys are like literally part of my life every single day so to be on here is really really weird but in a good way so yeah. i'm looking forward to discussing um tonight's match <laughs> yeah, no no one's no one's no, looking forward to discussing that, that's that. a stretch now now that just means everything you said was a lie because nobody <laughs> is looking forward to that match i picked it and i'm not fucking looking forward to watching that match. <laughs> Oh man, no, it's brilliant to have you along, Steve. The support you give the show all the time is, is just, it is so, you know, yeah. we appreciate it so, so much. You're like, absolutely, absolutely fantastic, mate. And we, you know, it's, it's a joy to have you along for our, well, what is our 99th episode now, Maxie, isn't it? 99, yeah, 100 next week. Oh, yes, wow. the big one, the big one. 100 links in the chain next week. But before we get to that, if everyone can hear me okay through this stupid get up that I'm already cooking in i'm melting behind this already sweaty sweaty sigh is not a good look but anyway
afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai and Total Bloody Steve-O, an SJP World Media Production, episode 99. I am Sai, and with me, as always, is the ultimate warrior to my ultimate warrior. Yeah, you know, I get a bit anxious sometimes, it happens. The one warrior nation to my aim of sedation, if I can get enough of these beers in me through this mask, that is, of course. A podcaster who will never let us run too long and have our main event cut off early. Hmm. WCW, Halloween Havoc, you silly sausages. The podfather himself, Lord Mags, and our guest, Total Steve-O. Gentlemen, how are we doing? I'm doing amazing. Uh, here in my dashing Cody Rhodes get-up. Uh, I thought I'd keep the, the dress-up wrestling fiend. <laughs> Well, well, going on that theme, can I uh, come as when Cody Rose was in 2011 wearing the see-through mask? I'll just pretend I'm wearing that. Ah, that uh, works. No. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's... <laughs> <laughs> that works. That works indeed. Magsy, should we dive in the chat very quickly and see who has joined us early doors? We shall. Straight away, Dan Griffin in the chat. It's Sunday and I never know what Monday means, so I am totally lost. <laughs> Scottish Danny, hello, sir. How are you? Um, Sharon in the chat. It's Sunday. You know that means. See, Sharon gets it right every time. Yeah. Dan Griffin, the younger magster, circa 1994. <laughs> well, actually, it's meant to be the Phantom of the Opera, but I obviously can't sing. So I'm going to go with Cordy Rhodes uh, dashing. Um it works. Cam right? Griffin, it works. Exactly, exactly. Cam Griffin, um, hello, sir. Scott Daddy says, what in the actual hell? Very, very true. <laughs> and we get the total Steve pot. We do. I mean, it's an actual honor and a, a privilege to have Steve. I know you said uh, said some nice things earlier, um, Sar, but I think this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast uh with with Steve or yeah, and he's you are just an absolute great guy. Really, I enjoy all the content that you do, um, yeah, you just you 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 put a smile on my face all the time. So I would massively appreciate you being on the show. I, I, you know what my stuff's about? It's just about being honest, real, and just what you what you always say in the the the, the shows is just just enjoy doing what you're doing and just be yourself <laughs> rather than being a a gimmick essentially. And if you're not a gimmick, you're going to enjoy what you're doing. People will follow along with you, whatever the journey is, and. Uh, yeah, appreciate the, the kind words. And it's just, like I say, this is too professional for me. I'm too used to weird, random streams. Also, you say don't be a gimmick. Have you seen what we look like this week? <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is my... I'll be going out on the town in this very ghetto. <laughs> so... This ain't a gimmick. This is real laugh. Uh, Joshua Goodwin uh, is in, in the chat as well. Just another Sunday for Mags and Sag. Good, good evening, everyone. Um, Cam with the Steve all of as well. Oh, my goodness. It's oh, Steve my. All. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Dan Griffin, chair wrestling, weird in a good way. I mean, it just, it's just catchphrase after catchphrase and T-shirt after T-shirt with this show. Um Sharon saying you sound uh, fan sass or you don't have to worry about nope. your audio. Uh, Mr. Benny Mac in the house as well, um, which I think you you rechristened him this week. Benny McCormack. Benny McCormack, <laughs> yeah, very, very true. So that's, that's how we'll go back. That's how we'll go back all the time now. Uh, mm-hmm. Chain wrestling, too professional, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then 
Go compare, Mr. Man. Go compare. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you to everybody for joining us, as always, even though we're a a day early this week. Thank you to everyone for joining us here for Chain Wrestling Live, our Halloween special. Maxi, it feels feels like a big deal, doesn't it? I know it's only our second one, but it feels like it's almost like one of our biggest... The second annual. It's like our Halloween havoc. It is. It's it's like our... To me... It feels like it's one of our biggest shows of the year, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's all downhill for the rest of the year from this. Yeah, so everyone's got to wait till be. next October. This is what we build up to. All our storylines build up to this, and then we absolutely shit the bed from November onwards. <laughs> <laughs> that works, mate. That works. Now, there will be a few slight changes to this week's show. Uh, being Halloween, we have a guest and other things that we are doing as well. Uh, for example, the Hall of Lame this week. Steve-O is inducting on my behalf. I'm very much looking forward you to seeing like awful crap. lazy bastard. The bullshit That's lazy what that is. bastard. Pulled a fast one. You never put any effort in, and this week you've had to put zero effort in because you've tagged in. You've got the hot tag for your, for your I'm induction. also, mate, also conscious about how long we bloody run. You know, if we've all got a hall of names, we've all got other stuff. It's going to be a long old show. And I'm thinking, we still need to, you know, clock in around the two hour, two hour and a two hour, two hour mark. That's, I don't want to go too okay. long. That's fair. Yeah, calling me all these names, man. That's unfair. That is. I got you what we could do match. is we could do a Halloween Havoc 1998 and just go straight to the match and then cut off, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> we run out of pay per view time, exactly. <laughs> oh man, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be slightly different. And we also have our competition, of course, that we will get to in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. we will have you know, Steve will be part of the judging process with that too, and people get to win some sjp world media merchandise as well as a fantastic uh uh cup beaker made by rbf luxuries and some other bits and bobs donated by my wife and rbf luxuries as well which will be a nice little surprise for the winner when they receive whatever it is they get if you win so there we go so maxi i suppose we better get on with our show hadn't we we better do let's uh introduce something to the hall of lame The Hall of I can't breathe, man. <laughs> I'm so warm. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what do we have? Well, are we going by standard uh, proceedings and I'll go first then? Yes, that sounds good. Right, so I've got two ways I can approach man is I can I can describe it to you and go through the whole storyline or I can hit you with the main reason and just let it hang there. So I'm going to go for the second one. My entrant this week into the Hall of Lame is Tony Schiavone is a paedophile demon. <laughs> what? Right, there we go. So that's the, that's what I was hoping for that reaction. So <laughs> Halloween habits. Do you want that to be a t-shirt as well, mate? I think in fact, I'm, I'm not even I'm, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna explain why he is. I'm just stating it as a fact now that Tony Schiavone is a paedophile and a demon. So we'll leave it at that. Steve, oh, what's your whole of learning? <laughs> no, I will. I will. I'll go for it. So um, Halloween Havocs, uh They're known for being one of WCW's biggest shows of the year, but they also um, are known for having little um, cinematics to introduce them. Um, 
and one of the more famous famous and uh, ones was in 1993 uh, when they introduced Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, uh, and the cinematic uh, was uh, a group of kids going uh, trick or treating. So you mm-hmm. had um, a, a, a kid dressed as the Stinger, you had a kid dressed as Dracula, a girl with a bat on her head, and then. Uh, a bloke who I think is gone as Frankenstein, but is essentially just a sellotape some green paper to the top of his head. Uh, and they're out uh, doing their um, trick-or-treating, and it's getting to the end of the night, and the, the majority of the kids want to go home. But the little Dracula says, I want to go to this big house here. Um, <laughs> so we see a spooky house, lots of smoke, uh, big big iron gates, and the gates open, let the kids in, and then the gates slam shut behind the kids. They end up knocking on the door, and who answers? It's Tony Schiavone in a, a black suit and tie with a very paedophile sort of look on his face. Do they um, have a set expression? Well, I mean, <laughs> go back and watch it, because the way I'm describing it, <laughs> does not do this justice at all. He looks like a paedophile. It's as simple as clear as that. So he uh, <laughs> th- he lets the kids into the house, and as he closes the door, he does that kind of a slow close, and he's looking at the camera, and then gives a raw little smile at the end, just like a paedophile would. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he then magically teleports to the top of the stairs and also is wearing a dressing gown, very paedophile, if you ask me. You've invited four kids into your house and uh, you suddenly got a dressing gown on. Um, the, <laughs> the kids uh, are asking for candy and uh, he said, I've got something even scarier for you because tonight, Halloween is the night when anything can happen. Evil, ghoulish things. He then trans- teleports back down to where the kids are uh, and he he scares the kids to death. Uh, by revealing that underneath his Tony Schiavone mask, he was actually a demon all along. So my entry this week is paedophile Tony Schiavone actually is a demon. <laughs> Have you heard the story about he had his own kids there at one stage as well? That I think they were his kids. Uh, no, they weren't. They, his kids were there because they were told they could be in this this like vignette, this promo footage, whatever. They stayed all day and then they wrapped up shooting and his kids were never involved. They just sat it basically sat in catering for the whole day. And Shivani was really, really pissed. So pretty much like half the WWE roster. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, no, it's good. I, I, I don't mind it, to be honest. I mean, obviously, it is a bit noncy, but I don't mind. Uh... A, a, I mean, he makes, <laughs> he makes seven look like he isn't a nonce and seven was actually a nonce yeah his whole character was that he is uh he preyed on the young shall we say <laughs> there we go. So that's my entry for this week tony shivana the little nonce <laughs> okay, okay tony we're sorry we love you really uh steve what about you my friend well, well, can I ask this? Is there a was there a week that's gone by where paedophilia has not been mentioned on this show? <laughs> Every week, someone is accused of being over a, being a sex offender or a nonce. Naughty, naughty. 
<laughs> well, we're just looking after the children of the UK, my friend. We're, we're, <laughs> we're providing a service. <laughs> we're it's not only yeah. a wrestling show, it's also providing a service. <laughs> <laughs> we stand with all the children. Yeah. Off. <laughs> Joshua Goodwin taught in the Diddling Demon. Perfect. <laughs> was the Diddling Demon the original idea for the Kiss Demon? I bet it was. <laughs> I've got something even scarier for you than... Tornet whips his cock out, says Dan Griffin. Brilliant. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, what have you got, bud? What have you got? Well, talking of seven, um, I don't think <laughs> you've I know for a fact you've done seven. Um I don't think you've done one of Gold Dust's other gimmicks. I can't think you have. Okay. Um, and it's thanks to Mags when doing uh, a change in attitude that I had to, like they did, go through the the, the Monday night wars and all that malarkey. And uh, it was when uh, Goldust became the artist artist formerly known as Goldust. Oh yeah, it's bad. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie, um, I- I've gone on Wikipedia to remind myself, um, and I'm just going to read off Wikipedia really. Um, more research than I do every week. That's, that's, the, that's the standard sour way. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it says here, uh, blah, 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 blah. he had a feud with Vader in 1997 and the appearance of the artist formerly known as formerly known as Goldust, which is a reference to Prince. I don't understand. Do you any of you two know what that even yeah. refers to? So Prince yeah. changed halfway through his career, changed his, uh, his name to a symbol. Uh, and it, and he basically called himself the artist formerly known as Prince because the oh. symbol wasn't actually words; it was just literally some ridiculous image. It was to do mm. with um, the record company, wasn't it? Holding him over a barrel and, and contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, he was trying to sort of work his way out of a very unreasonable contract, apparently. Mm-hmm. Quite clever, really. Because it, it then continues saying he was managed by Luna Vachon, which again, even her in herself was back then just appalling. Like every time she came on screen, it's like <laughs> skip, skip, skip. I absolutely hated it. Um, it says here he began he began mimicking celebrities and fellow wrestlers with characters such as China Dust, Dust Love Dust. Dusty Dust, Hunter Dust, Flash Dust, <laughs> Marilyn Manson Dust, Sable Dust, and Vader Dust in early 1998. The worst one that I remember, well, there was two actually. He came in dressed as a baby in like a giant diaper. That's amazing. That one, Baby Dust. Yeah, and Austin stuns him. And he, he it's a complete cock up, and he, he just falls into the toilet. The toilet falls over. Austin has to push it all over and everything. It's, it's on the TikTok. Um, it's just ridiculous. There was also another one where he came in as like um, a bondage wearing individual, mm-hmm. and it was just appalling. And I just, when when watching this, I was just thinking this was allowed back then. This was allowed to go ahead back then. It's, it was just abysmal, and that is my Hall of Lame side. Just uh, atrocious. spot on, mate. Absolutely spot on. I, I, I say like quite often on the show. That the Hall of Lane was kind of inspired by those gimmicks that are on your TV. I mean, and my mindset always goes to when I was a kid and I was watching something and my, my dad would walk in from work and he would never see Shawn Michaels wrestling Razor Ramon and it was amazing. <laughs> he, would, he would never walk in when we had Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair and it was incredible. 
he would walk in when we had Doink the Clown, or he would walk <laughs> in when <laughs> he would walk in when Goldust was there in a fong or something like that. And he would just look at me, roll his eyes, and be like, "My God, what are you watching?" And that is kind of what inspired. And that exactly, the artist formerly known as Goldust, literally ticks all the boxes for that sort of criteria, Magsy, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the I remember when he Goldust had a, I think it was a green and black leotard, yes. lamb yeah. green hair. And yeah. all, all red hair in a lamb green face. Yeah, I mean, creatively, the guy is is thinks out of the box. But yeah, those did not land whatsoever. Absolutely, it's a it's a great entry. I think Goldust is is pushing uh, Brutus Beefcake uh, hard to have his own wing. I think. I think uh. there's a couple more Goldust uh, uh, or Dustin uh, Dustin Rhodes gimmicks that we can chuck in. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think he'll have his own wing of the of the Hall of Lane very, very soon. <laughs> Heading in that direction, mate. Heading out. Two brilliant entrants, lads. Two brilliant entrants. We have Nancy Shavoni and the artist <laughs> formerly known as Gold Dust. Very, very worthy Hall of Lame entrance. Uh, where do you wish to go next, Maxi? Are we doing our competition now, or are we doing? I can't remember exactly what we agreed literally twenty minutes ago because I'm we, you literally said this exactly like ninety minutes and fifty seconds ago. We're doing. <laughs> the competition <laughs> next okay excellent stuff so everybody if you have entered the uh chain wrestling halloween special competition uh, this is this is your moment we're going to run through your entries obviously for the audio version later in the week this will not work very well and i apologize but then you know Brilliant. tune into the live and you can check it out there can't you but we're going to be looking at your entrance that you have dm's to the chain wrestling twitter account and then the lads are going to decide who wins the goodies. And speaking of the goodies, let me just... I can't see anything with this mask on. Where it runs set. Speaking of the goodies, I don't know if we can make this out because it's dark in here. Here is your chain wrestling mug there, your beaker. Personalised on the back with chain wrestling Halloween contest winner 2022. Yes, that's and, actually awesome. I want one of them. And the chain wrestling... You can't enter, Maxi. And the chain wrestling... That is donated to us by my fantastic lady, my awesome wife, uh, Sharon, from her company, RBF Luxuries. And there'll be more RBF Luxuries goodies coming as well. And also your pick of any T-shirt from the SJP World Media Network merchandise store from any shop, any uh any show any t-shirt you wish and a couple of new designs are going up this week as well so you can have huh? a little look at those before you decide what you would like magsy should we should we dive on in and have a little look what we got oh we've got some stunners so firstly we have benny mac as the fiend which i think is absolutely awesome so really good. well done <laughs> This one tickles me every single time. It's not even so much the 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 outfit; it's the facial expression. So this is Dan Griffin as a flock of seagulls. <laughs> Jesus wept. Just so people are aware, these entries that we're talking about now, I, I will put them all together and release them out on the show's Twitter account for yeah. for those who listen on the audio version. Just so you can have a little look through uh, when the podcast comes out later in the week. We've got James as a box of cocoa pops. I mean, the the effort that he's put into it, and I love the 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 purple knife as well. Just just to just to add to it, <laughs> Josh DeBoard as Jesus, as, as Jesus, as, just as Jesus. Oh, it's so amazing. it's so good, isn't it? 
we have Morte as a Brad. Where, do you think that's his? Do you think that's his wife's wedding dress? I think it's his. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think I think his wife wore the suit, <laughs> <laughs> and she always still does. She, that's what he records uh, the Morty and Fitch podcasting. Just in yeah. that all the time. <laughs> We've then got um, Mrs. Benny Mac as Alexa Bliss. So good, that's fantastic. So good. Alexa yeah, Bliss, that. that is fantastic, isn't it? And then um, Danny, before I get to his entry, I don't think he got the point this year because last year he did really well, um, ended up being the winner. This year he just hasn't put any effort in whatsoever. He just looks like how he would look of a normal day. He's getting ready to stab. <laughs> just doing a bit of stabbing. So <laughs> that's uh, Scottish Danny. And then last we have... Uh, Mandy Rose, this is from uh, Yvonne uh, DeBoard. So, yeah, some really, really cool entries there. Oh, good Lord. Have <laughs> you, you changed change mask? mask? Yeah, I can breathe better <laughs> in this one. You're a lot better one. looking. You're a hell of a lot better <laughs> looking than that one. So, let's pick a winner, lads. Who, uh, who Steve, or who gets your vote? Oh, oh, it's It's... Either Danny or Benny McCormack. I, I, I think it's got to go to Benny. I think that Good is voice. phenomenal. I think that is stunning. And you know what? I, <laughs> I wasn't even watching wrestling. Uh, even to this day, I don't even watch today's current product. But the fact that I even know who that is, that is, um, I think that's phenomenal. I think that's yep. brilliant. It's a great pick. And um, again, I, I, I love Danny's because it's just yeah. Danny in his natural environment. But I'm actually going to go with Mrs. Benny <coughs> Mac because, well, I'm actually going to go brilliant. with both of them because mm. this is a great team effort. Uh, I, I love the fact that Josh and, and his wife, Yvonne, both dressed up. But this is this works as a tandem and it's just so well done. So I'm going for for, for both the, the, the McCormack's. Uh, Josh and uh, Yvonne that's brother and sister they're not married oh well <laughs> you never know in Gloucester they're not from Gloucester they're from the States mate that's our fantastic crew who put on RSH for us every week and I was I was not aware apologies apologies I wasn't accusing Americans of being you know my sister is my my wife kind of thing <laughs> I, I love uh, Dan Griffin's Hair for the flock of seagulls effort. I think that is fantastic. I enjoy uh, Yvonne DeBoard as Mandy Rose because I think that title belt is just completes the yeah, fit. That's the that, RSH championship, that is. That's their that's own phenomenal. personal title. That that's their podcast phenomenal. champion, yeah. But I think, Magsy, I'm going to go along with pretty much what you've said. I think Mrs. McCormack is an absolute star here. Yeah. As Alexa Bliss. And I, I'm, you know, I think, I think that gets my vote. So where do we stand? Well, what are we going to decide, boys? It's two to one. The, Mc the McCormack's yeah. win. Yeah, the McCormack's yeah. win. There we go. Mrs. Benny McCormack, congratulations. You are this year's Halloween champion from the CWF. Uh, we'll have to make sure your chap, Benny McCormack, lets you know, because I don't think for a second you're watching this shite right now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and if you won't, we apologise profusely. 
But I will be in touch, whether that's via Benny or directly if you're on Twitter and so on, to discuss what you want to do with regards to claiming your prize. And to everybody else, fantastic, awesome, brilliant stuff for your entries. Did you? Did we have a look? Sorry, did we have a look at Joshua Goodwin's one? Was did that come up? Um. Joshua, did you send me Joshua's? The very first one I sent. It came in very, very early. Uh, well, I haven't got it, so... Oh, I will find it on my phone and resend it, Magsy. But yes, Apologies. I think it goes to uh, Mrs. McCormack. Yep. There we go. Awesome Great stuff. Awesome Okie doke. So, I suppose now, Magsy, uh, after that, after our competition has been done for another year, we will dive into our non-wrestling topic, potentially. Well, you'll have to give me a chance to just switch uh, pages because it, um, StreamYards doesn't let you load up more than one page at once. But yeah, anyway, there we go. Let's go for it. Okay, great stuff. You got to play our little jingle or are we not bothering with that anymore? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Even I'm waiting for it. <laughs> this this mouse and gloves do not work well at all. One sec. Here we go. Come on, play. Play. NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Okay, I have had to lose the mask momentarily to turn some light on because I cannot see jack shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Before we do continue, I will just bring up Mr. Goodwin's fancy dress efforts because it was a bloody good shout. Let me just do this now on the old Twitter machines. There we go. If anyone can make that out, we have Joshua Goodwin there as Tony Khan. Ah, very good. Oh, that is really good. Yeah, that one. Uh, I don't think that one came through to me. Though that's the chat between you and me, Oh, well, I, I must have missed it when I was scrolling through. Apologies, but... Which one's which? Anyone. Which one's Tony Khan and which one's Joshua? That's it. The only thing missing, I think, from Joshua's actual picture is a big part of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, our non-wrestling topic this week. Very fitting, I guess, with regards to it being Halloween and trick-or-treat time, I suppose, uh, is practical jokes, pranks, the, the, the trick part of the trick-or-treat side of things with Halloween. Uh, and we had some quite brilliant stories come in, Magsy and Steve-O. I'm sure we're going to have a good old giggle at these. As always, Mags, I will go through them in the order they arrived into us, which I know makes you incredibly happy. Yeah, I mean, I love scrolling, especially past people's comments, but there we go. <laughs> uh, we start with the Canning Tine Stabber himself, Scottish Danny, at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. And he says here, he once bought some police do not cross tape off Amazon, plastered his neighbor's door with it, and when he came back from work, he absolutely <laughs> shot himself. <laughs> and then Millwall Chris's uh, reply Did you stab someone in his house then? <laughs> oh. Find out tomorrow. So, yeah, well, tell us, Daddy, did you stab your neighbor after putting up police tape on his door? <laughs> uh, we have James at Yamoroit on Twitter 
Uh, and he says, you can't beat cling film under the toilet seat. Now, I've never seen that done or had that done to me or anything like that. I have absolutely done that before. Absolutely done it. Okay, explain the process. So you just put cling film on and then people piss on it and it goes everywhere. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That, you've worked it out. <laughs> you, li- you, you pull it... You pull it tight so there's no ripples in it. Otherwise, you'll find you'll find out. But you lift the seat up, and you know the 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 porcelain bowl. You put the cling film around that. Cl- right. Put the seat back down. People lift the seat to go for a piss. The piss bounces off the cu- uh, off the the cling film and goes, goes everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. See, the the thing is, the the person I would most likely do that to would be my son. And it would just end up with me cleaning it up anyway. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you do it in other people's houses. You don't do it in your own house. That'd be oh, yeah. weird. That would make more sense, to be fair. Um, <laughs> MGB Graham, at MGB Graham on Twitter. And he says, uh, when he was, he asked everyone he knew to submit three questions to View from the Top Rope podcast when yeah. our good friend Matt Willis was a guest even providing questions for some people so it ran so long they needed to record over two days i knew of the time difference it would be ridiculously late for matt <laughs> i remember being a part of that i think uh there was a uh there was around 150 questions got oh asked. my god yeah he was he was i mean matt, matt absolutely loved it because it was the center of attention for two episodes so he does like a little chat as well doesn't he Matt? he, he does yeah, like he to does. talk yeah mm-hmm. love you matt <laughs> uh cam at cam griff 92 he says a few years back when venturing back up north for a weekend my wife and i ordered some breakfast to the house upon his awakening i offered dan griffin his brother a spare sandwich they had sent obviously he was in a hungover state obviously (laughs) obviously (laughs) as standard and he snaffled the box in seconds as quickly as I saw his eyes light up to the thought of a free breakfast sandwich to try and cure this hangover, it vanished. The sandwich inside the polystyrene box was actually one of my daughter's used nappies. <laughs> <laughs> Only a piss. I'm not an animal, he says. <laughs> it's all right. It's only a bit of whiz. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, Cam says it was the proudest moment of his sibling life. Oh yeah. The worrying thing is when he said the sandwich vanished as if Dan as if he just like swallowed it like a duck before realizing this this test. Did you pick it up to to make for toilet? If it was a shitty nappy, I'd have puked pissing (laughs) on the stomach. That's doing the line. Yeah, that's it. He's got uh, he's got levels, Dan has he's got levels. Uh, speaking of Dan, we have one from him here at Dan Griffin 21. He says the best prank I've been a victim of was when I was stocking low shelves after hours in the supermarket. I used to work at the fresh food manager stuck a watering can spite in my butt crack and poured ice cold water into my pants. Objectively funny. That made it jump, wouldn't it? I mean, how, how did they get the spout in? And he didn't realize before they poured the ice cold water in. I, I, there's there's plenty of lines I could go with down this road, but I think it's best we avoid that. Really, <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the best of taste, is it? Uh, Dan continues. The best prank I've been a part of was telling my mum me and Cam, his brother, couldn't make her fiftieth birthday in Spain 
but turning up to surprise her. We kept that going for six months, for six months nearly, and her reaction was a perfect combo of priceless and wholesome. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's that's less of a prank and more really, really sweet. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, he has I got mean, a nice heart as Dan Griffin. I mean, don't get me wrong, the six months of upsetting them um, making her think that they weren't going to be there is probably, probably a bit mean. some bullshit. <laughs> bit sadistic, maybe. Uh, uh, Dan also says the worst prank he's done was he was out drunk on a work night out and a colleague gave me carte blanche to say whatever I had to do to get her boyfriend, another colleague, to come out with them. I asked if she was sure. She said yes. So I rang him and I told him she was in a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that, he did he come out though did it work he says it's not cool she's and I dead it. thankful for that let's get out on the beers oh could you imagine that if he did celebrate the, the thought of this and came out to like you know with a bottle of champagne or something that would have backfired wouldn't it Dear and me. she's there she just sat there with <laughs> and you are a monster oh let us know in the chat dan the reactions of when when he when they turned up and, and so on because that is that's dark that is that is dark oh dear rob at utt rob on twitter he says he wants oh my goodness he wants sewed sardines into the bottom of a mate's curtains it was a growing prank as at first there was just a little smell that he couldn't find but as the weather got colder the radiators came on and the smell increased that is that is fantastic i love that grim that is grim i love it that is so good that is so good uh Joshua Goodwin, our excellent co-host on the NXT Rise and Fall podcast, out tomorrow morning, looking at another episode of NXT from 2012 and onwards. Uh, Joshua says, down the pub, it was a mate's birthday. He bought bought five tequila slammers each. Ugh, tequila, not for me. But five tequila slammers each and challenged him to a race. It was only after he won that I explained my slammers were actually just water. pretty sure that was an attempted murder looking back they did survive so i guess i'm off the hook (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing absolutely Uh, tequila fan boys is that is that something you would would have on a night out no i am not a massive tequila fan no nor me nor me uh when me and the wife went to go and see uh pop evil play there was, we were drinking with one of the guitarists from the band. They were the support act when the main band came on later on. We were drinking with one of the, the, the guitarists there. He had like the credit card that were given to him by the record company of X amount of expenditure. And he kept buying tequila for me and him. I felt it would be incredibly rude to say no. But I'll tell you what, that was a struggle. And I don't struggle much when it comes to having a few drinks, but that was a struggle. I didn't want to upset the guy who was in the band. So I was necking this rancid, horrible tequila with him. Ugh. Not a good look it, at all. It's, it's always been one of those drinks that make me instantly gip. Yeah, right. you, ha- you have to force I'm yourself to now. hold it down. <laughs> yeah, no, tequila is not not my favourite whatsoever. No, no. Uh, we have another one from James at Yamalroit. I think is how you say it on Twitter. Uh, and you he struggled with that for months now. Every week, James, why did you change your Twitter handle? It's, it's completely thrown me. And I'll tell you what happened. I'll get used to it, and you'll change it again, just to screw with me. You know, <laughs> James says, not really a prank, but got word going that a mate and a colleague of mine's dad 
was ex-Aston Villa goalkeeper Mark Bosnich <laughs> said his mum had an affair with him. <laughs> Everyone believed me. Even photoshopped his head on a photo with Bosnich. Probably had to be there, but funny as fuck. So you basically said that your mate's mum hauled herself out to Mark Bosnich for a one-night <laughs> stand, and he was the product, is what you're saying. <laughs> wow. I mean, of all the people... In why the, Mark Bosnich? Why, yeah, why Mark Bosnich? That's yeah, uh, out of everyone you can. That's setting your on. that's setting your standards pretty low, though, isn't it? You, I yeah. mean, you could have said like you could have said anybody in the world, but you went for mediocre goalkeeper and Aston Villa legend Mark Bosnich. Ah, uh, United, uh, United legend as well, mate. Yeah, a couple well, of seasons there, didn't he? Not so much legend, though. He no, was uh, he, quite a he flop. Was, he was at the club for a bit, shall we say? Paid his wages. He was there, uh, Magsy. That's that's the lot from Twitter this week, but that's all we had. Unless I've missed a couple. Uh, I don't think you have. Um, but yeah, some some um, wacky pranks there. Yes, it is. I, I enjoyed those. I enjoyed those. Uh, what about you two fellas? Any practical jokes you've had played on yourselves, or you've played on other people, or you've just seen other people play? It's very rare that whenever you release a topic that I go, I have nothing to add. And this is unfortunately, I have lived a very sheltered life. life. And unfortunately, I can't think off the top of my head any pranks, pranks on me. Uh, Sorry, lads. (laughs) No Steve-O topic today. (laughs) No worries. Okay. Steve-O doesn't continue. (laughs) <laughs> oh brilliant I, i've been involved in a a couple of pranks in my time i've I've done the the cling film of the toilet one that's hilariously funny <laughs> i've done the classic uh pouring salt into people's drinks or replacing uh like uh water with straight vodka done all those kind of things uh but the 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 best couple that i can remember uh was when i worked in a, a factory i think i mentioned that uh, i was very uh, adept with forklift truck driving yeah, uh, in yeah. my time so there was once uh, a bloke called alan uh and a, a few of us uh cling filmed him to a pallet and put it on the top of some racking and left him there for for pretty much all the shift um <laughs> And then um, the forklifts used to get used as kind of like um, a taxi up and down the, the factory line. Uh, but if you ever were giving somebody, because people would stand on the forks and like you'd dro- drop them off wherever they want to. I mean, pretty yeah. unsafe and you would get, you would fail your forklift truck uh, driving lesson if you ever told them that. But we'd do that. Uh, but if it was someone who you wanted to wind up, you just set the forks off going as high as possible. And then you turn the forklift off and get off and crack on with the rest of your day, and they and they'd be stuck like like Judy Bagwell, essentially at the top of a <laughs> like forklift. Judy Bagwell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are those are a couple of the the funniest ones that that I can remember being a part of. Uh, one I've mentioned on the show before with regards to my um, I don't know what they're called. Is it a, the, the ped egg for taking the roughness off your feet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, this story is disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Steve-O remembers more about our own show than we do. 
Yeah. You ever noticed this? <laughs> he's, he, that's maybe because he listens to it and we don't. We've lived it, and then once we record, we wipe our memory of it as if this show never happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I use the, the pen. And, you know, you, you, t- you take the rough skin off your feet, the, 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 the dirty, crusty bits and bobs, and it gathers it all in this little plastic container for you. And I thought that looks a little bit like that that desiccated coconut. <laughs> this file. So I, I put it in a bowl. And I went upstairs and I pretended I was eating and I started talking to my lad and he's like, what you got? And I, I'd said it was, it was, it was desiccated coconut. And he's, he said, what's that? And I explained, I said, just lick your finger and, and have a bit of slash. So my lad did and said that that, that don't taste like coconut dad. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dear, dear. He came downstairs a few minutes later because I was roaring with laughter. And he said, what, what, uh, what, what was that dad? What have you done? Cause I, you know, fair play. I love my boy, but I play pranks on him all the time. And uh, <laughs> he came downstairs, saw the ped egg, saw what I had done before I'd even had a chance to explain, and ran to the kitchen sink and damn near threw up in our kitchen. <laughs> oh, that's so grim. That's... Uh... Let me just have another go. I didn't really get the taste of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. That's it, was, evil. it was a good one. It was that's a good one. Evil. Uh, there was another occasion where I used the charcoal toothpaste. That's supposed to be whitening. And of course, it foams up black, and my lad had been watching a few zombie films and so on. And I walked oh, into yes, his, I walked into his room shirtless, dribbling the black, going, Ugh! and he, he screamed and <laughs> he screamed and tried to climb the bedroom wall. Uh, <laughs> not a good look. My dad had a good one as well. Again, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. I may well have, but if you my old man. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Uh, my old man used to get um, constantly ribbed by a good friend of mine, one of my best mates growing up, uh, saying about how old my dad was. So on the one occasion, we were out the front of the house and my dad decided he'd had enough and went to chase my friend. And he chased him around the block a few times. And when we got back to the little green that's outside the front of my parents' house, my dad clutched his chest, started wheezing and wheezing and collapsed to his knees, uh, dropped to the floor. <laughs> Um, led on his back of course I'm panicking like mad because it was incredibly convincing I'm panicking like mad my mum comes out the house and she is stressing thinking my dad's having a heart attack because he still smoked a great deal at this point in our lives as well uh, and my mate Leighton was was panicking like mad and he was basically virtually in tears saying I've killed your dad I've killed your dad uh, he went over to my dad and my dad shot up like the undertaker grabbed him around the front and went old am I you little fucker <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Forget that the fact that everyone was richly in tears thinking my dad was dying on the front lawn. But <laughs> what a bastard. But there we go. Uh, thank you so, so much to everybody in the CWF for, first of all, for your entrance into our Halloween competition. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to uh, discuss with the winner what they will select from their prizes. Sorry. Sorry to interject. Can I just tell you a really dark, and this is dark. It's not even funny, but I Go just for it. thought we live for dark. <laughs> so I, I thought, so unfortunately, um, uh, give or take this time last year, my dad passed away. And when um, we went to the, the mall to see the body, um, I was kind of like, oh God, this is going to be not particularly pleasant seeing my dad laid to rest and everything. Mm, yeah. And um, the, the lady removed the, the, the coffin head thing and everything. And I looked in and I'm like, um, is this what happened to a dead body? Like, cause it, the, the face had shrivel up and everything. And it turned out it wasn't him. They'd actually got the uh, thing. And I genuinely thought I was part of like, you've been framed or something. I, I was kind of looking around going, is someone filming this? 
And, oh, my uh, God. Because the weird thing is, is that he was wearing um, a motorhead, because uh, my dad was a massive fan of motorhead, and uh-huh. he was wearing uh, this guy that wasn't my dad, was wearing a motorhead top. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute here. We said to these guys to put on a Burnley top. I don't understand what, what is going on here. Oh. And yeah, unfortunately, it oh, turned out man. it wasn't actually him. Um, like I Why? said, not funny at the time. I can kind of see the funny side of it now. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah, it, it did feel like a, a trick had been played on me and my mum. And uh, unfortunately not. It was just a complete cock up by the... Uh, the funeral part of themselves. That, it and was, the, fact, the fact that he was a big motorhead fan and this other guy was wearing a motorhead shirt as well. That's, yeah. a, prop, that's a proper head fuck, isn't it? That's insane. Yeah. Um, well, I was well, going to say, I even looked at him and thinking, they even, they trimmed his beard and everything. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It, it just wasn't him. <laughs> Why? And yeah. then what made it worse was the funeral director came in with a cane mask on. <laughs> oh no. Just having a look around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, wrong room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a, a, a Miss Vic. Have you said? <laughs> God, that was awful as well. Oh my goodness! Terrible stuff. Terrible stuff. Ah, uh, there we go. Thank you so much, everybody, for uh, we've, we've got your pranks and so on. It's been fantastic hearing them, Magsy. Sorry, bud. What are you saying? Yeah, we've just uh, we've got a couple of uh, additions in the chat. Um, awesome. Dan Griffith says he got twatted round the head with a salmon <laughs> whilst working at a supermarket. Does what that supermarket count? Does, did Dan work in? Because it doesn't happen in my place. <laughs> you just made lager come out my nose. <laughs> Cam Griffin says uh, he screwed the apprentice's tool bag to the roof of the storeroom when I was on the tools. Felt so bad that I actually gave him a ladder to retrieve it. Oh. Um, and then Dan said, I had a housemate who was a massive grot bag in the unit, just the smelliest, dirtiest fucker ever. We hid his bed one day in the one place we knew he wouldn't look, the shower. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did I ever mention about when I, when I swapped a, got a mate's house or flat around? Like someone who, uh, looking back, it was incredibly mean. He had... He had you know Sharon in the chat will remember little ginger steve whose name was actually andy it's a long story but there we go yeah he, uh, he was uh in- looking back he had incredible ocd and everything had to be just so his flat was immaculate and it was when the Gloucester docks had just been converted from warehouses to flats so these places were like they, they looked at the business they were really nice and he had this lovely flat right at the top of one of the old warehouses so about four floors up something like that but you were allowed to smoke in them and everything was immaculate in this flat everything was straight lines everything was set in a certain position if you put the tv remote down in the wrong place you could see his eyes going he was like that kind of intense you know and uh basically it got to a stage where i had a few beers right there with a couple of our friends watching the boxing one night i think it was a david hay fight it was quite a few years ago and he went for a cigarette so he had to go all the way down four flights of stairs smoke a cigarette and come all the way back up again in that short amount of time me and a few friends jumped up and swapped his whole flat around. So we put <laughs> we we put his front room in his kitchen. Um, we <laughs> we moved as much of his kitchen into the front room as we could. Uh, we emptied his bathroom cabinet and put it in one of the kitchen cabinets and filled his bathroom cabinet with like the salt, the vinegar, the sauces, and all that sort of stuff. We literally just swapped everything around. And then and then in the kitchen where we moved the one sofa to, we sat down and carried on watching the boxing like <laughs> nothing was different. <laughs> That's evil. That uh, that reminds me of a story. I think I've already told on this podcast before um, of when uh, 
uh, I was at school and we had a science teacher called Mr. Topping. And when he left the room, we uh, took everything off his desk and sellotaped it to the roof in exactly the same position that it was in on his desk. Um, he, he showed us how to make a gunge out of two liquids, uh, two clear liquids, and they met this like green gunge. Uh, and so one of the classmates threw some of it uh, just above where he, he sat. And all through the lesson, you could see the gunge slowly, slowly stretching until it snapped and landed on him. Um, in the same class, we locked uh, one of the the, uh, the other pupils in the gas cabinets or gas cabinets where you do experiments that are gassy. Um, and we locked him in and hid the key so he had to spend the rest of the the lesson in there whilst the teacher did the lesson. Is that a trick? It was funny at the time. I think it, it, he's probably had many, many therapy sessions because of that. <laughs> um, and then there was a, a pupil uh, called Mark Bailey. He was, he was literally the, the, the class clown and he spent the full lesson hanging out of the, the window of this, of this classroom. And he was on the second floor of, uh, of the school. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. So Mr. Topping, we, have, I apologize for my part in it, but he was abused by the pupils at that, that school. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> oh, amazing. I cut a little hole in the bottom of a teacher's beaker once they had like, um, like a cardboard beaker of juice and they went out the room. And when they came back, this is a science lesson. They came back and we slit a little hole in the bottom. So every time he picked it up, he could have a drink, put it down, but it would start pouring out on his desk. So, and you'd see him, he'd literally just wipe it up and put the thing back, thinking he'd spilt a bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but every time he'd take the little juice carton up and have a swig and put it down, it was just pissing out all over his desk. And eventually his, his desk, his, his paper, everything was just covered in his fucking fruit juice he had. That was, that was, that was a good little giggle. That was, I enjoyed that. Aren't we uh, absolute like just tossers yeah evil i enjoy it i would guess yes you are you absolutely are you pair of bastards i put uh speaking like forklift trucks there was a guy i worked with who i might mention on the show before but i'm not gonna say his name that's that's not hard not right Uh, no fuck it i will his name's dino and um we uh (laughs) i i I used to say to him jump on the forks dino and i lift you up to the shelf and you can have a look on the pallet that you know these parts that i need see if there's one there so we do that, and as you said, Max, you lift it up as high as you can and just fuck off, don't you? But yep. we had these massive box. I don't know what the right term is. Like, is it halogen? Like the big, you know, big chunky lights. They get very hot, but they light the whole warehouse yeah. up. If you can imagine, yeah. quite yeah, deep, halogen, big, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we would lift. We had like the forks with two extra extensions on, so they would go up incredibly high because the pallets mm-hmm. were stacked right the way to the ceiling. And we basically, me and another guy who worked there, lifted Dino up so high to this particular light. He had to curl up in a ball on the forks because the light was like right here. We lifted up that high, turned the fork truck off, and we fucked off on lunch. <laughs> so we had a 45-minute lunch break. <laughs> Came back and didn't even say nothing. Got in the fork truck, lowered him back down, took the keys out, and just walked off. But I saw him about... I don't know, maybe half an hour later, one side of his face was bright red where he was underneath the halogen <laughs> light. It, it had literally it's gotta be Kane. <laughs> uh, I said I take his burger to a, the, one of the pylons above the the building as well. Once when I went to the food van, I taped his burger to that. Just, just again, to again, I don't think these are tricks. This is just this is this is bullying. This is, this yeah. Is it is, it is. There was an occasion where we had uh, the, the spring, sort of, I don't know if it was took out or it was broken, was knackered on the toaster. 
um, and I put the old toaster back because it was broken and literally sat there for about 20 minutes watching this guy put his bread in the toaster, press the button down, go out the office to ring his missus, come back, and of course it goes straight back up again because the spring was broken. He couldn't figure <laughs> out why, why his toast was still so soft. So he pushed it down and he'd go back out and do something else, come back. 20 minutes this guy was pressing this button down, fucking off, coming back, and it was like, and he's turning to us and going, what are you doing? Uh, is somebody is somebody open, is somebody popping my toast back up? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> and we we're like, no, mate, no, don't know what you're on about. No, don't know what you're on about. Yeah, you know, oh, what a bastard I was in my twenties. I'm amazed I ever got married. You know, I'm amazed anyone yeah. want me. How, how no horrible I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've got we another go. uh, Griffin Brothers one in the chat as well. Um, my nan fell asleep once when a few was were around. My granddad bent over, put his ass next, right next to her, and blasted a fart <laughs> to wake her up. First time I'd ever heard man nan swear. <laughs> then Cam brings some more, uh, some more info to it. Says, and then he she proceeded to stick her middle finger up at him and use the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Why <are> you little? <laughs> 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 oh man we were at a house party once and a friend of mine fell asleep in the armchair of the house party uh, with a can of lager in his hand and uh, I took the can out slowly poured it all over his crotch put the can back in his hand sat down gave him a little kick and went Jim, Jim have you pissed or something <laughs> and he was like no 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 and he tried to cover himself uh, frantically thinking he has wet himself <laughs> you know because everyone's roaring at laughter at this guy and yeah we are bastards aren't we <laughs> This, I mean, Scottish Danny said proud. it perfectly. Chain wrestling confessions. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Andy, Andy from Bam Bang. Is it abuse in the workplace week? <laughs> this uh, is a HR's wet dream. <laughs> but uh, luckily, none of this is being recorded. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well. <laughs> Dear me. I did actually, speaking of confessions, I did at one stage, Jesus going back quite a way, no, 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 I'm not going to give any, any confessions. Nobody wants to hear my confessions. Jesus Christ, it can get dark. But um, I was uh, I was t- toying with the idea of somehow getting a, a confessions episode done, but making it anonymous. And I was like, I don't quite know how we could have done that. But I imagine the CWF have got some horrific skeletons in their closet you, that they could share. I mean, we could keep it anonymous, but we know and we would forever judge those people. <laughs> That's the thing we would know. And I, I wouldn't want people to not message us in, you know, so uh, there we go. There we go. Uh, okay, dope then. I suppose, I suppose, Magsy and Steve-O, we, we should I maybe think, talk a little wrestling. Oh, for fuck's sake. I've been dreading this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble! I look like a Doctor Who villain, now. Is that just the same mass but metal? Looking? Yes, gold. I look like something out of the uh, 1970s Doctor Who. I love it. You look like a nonce. I look like a nonce? <laughs> <laughs> How does that look like? Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. How is that a nonce mask? Just, it is. It looks like Dan Griffin or no in the chat. It looks like um, maybe something from like Tom Baker robot era, something like that in Doctor Who, I think. I like it anyway, mate. I'm going to wear it later on when I go uh, out child catching. Um, we're going <laughs> to... Brilliant. 
it, me messing around there, being a prat, trying to sort out my additional mask, I, I forgot to pick my notes up for the wrestling match, Magsy, but I got them now, so we're all prepared. Good. Ah, so I will start with you, our good buddy, Steve-O. What were your <sighs> thoughts on this? Uh, you're I not going to say the winner then, no. You're not going to mention that I finally won. I was actually going to... I was just going to skirt around it, to be honest, but seeing as you're getting all narky and shanty about it, we better bring it up, hadn't we? Magsy won a poll. And, um, <laughs> see, finally. I think it's five weeks in a row that you won. Felt like it felt like the Monday Night Wars all over again, and you mm. were WCW. I, I'd take that. Well, no, I'd say I'd take that. That's not good look, is it? Because they went out of business. But, you know, I don't mind that. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting that you won a poll with possibly the worst match you've put forward since the last time you won a poll as well. Mm, I mean, I don't want to kind of show my cards too much, but I didn't think it was as bad as it is given discredit for. Okay. Interesting. We've watched worse. I believe that we've watched worse. Yes. Tony Atlas, we're looking at you. Um, <laughs> Sting versus Meng on the beach. Oh, you think that was worse than this? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Why? I, I mean, before we get into the match, um, it it was clearly a match that should not have been uh, in 1998, this was a, a match that was a decade old and it went down a lot like a match that was a decade old. I may as well rip up my notes. <laughs> but for for, a, for a, a, a late 80s, early 90s style match, which what it, what it essentially was, the first half wasn't that bad. You sit on a throne of lies. It was a typical Hogan kind of um, um, wasting time and uh, Warrior uh, being the very poor wrestler that he, that he was. But it was only when we get to the ridiculous like NWO and uh, Fireball bullshit that it goes <laughs> straight off a cliff. But the first five, ten minutes, that was like the wrestling I watched as a kid. That was the wrestling that, that I got into as a, as a kid. So it, I don't think it was that bad. It was bad. Don't, don't get me wrong. It is bad, but it's just not as bad as, as it's been made up. Okay. Okay. Uh, Steve-O, the match in question, obviously, is Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior, or just Warrior. We're not allowed to call him Ultimate. Um, from Halloween Havoc 1998. Have you seen this before? Have you heard about any of the goings-on and the build-up for this? You know how you both say that, well, especially you, Si, you say that wrestling didn't start in 1999. <laughs> For me, it's like wrestling didn't start in 2016 because, honestly, I don't know anything before 2000, really. Okay. Um, all this stuff is literally brand new to me. Um, as I've mentioned to before, I can't stand WCW. I don't know what it is. I just hate it. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. Oh, I just hate it. It's bullshit like this. Where's, where's that fucking... The company is in the place it's in. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely just hate WCW. And maybe this is my bias towards it, but, like, I just 
watch this match and I just think this is just too... What did I write down here again? Um, it's... It's yeah, that's it. It's like watching two people impersonating wrestling. That's what it came across ah, to me. I'll tell you what, that's a good show, actually. That is, that's actually really insightful. It's mm. very reminiscent of uh, of like holiday camp or yes, uh, yeah, or kind of like um, little um, little uh, town centre wrestling, like where yeah, because UK Undertaker or or like things like that. Did you watch the uh, the promo Hogan did at the start of the show or near yeah. the start of the show? Yes. I, I've literally written down that. I just said his intensity is genuinely amazing. Could you imagine if that was like that today? Because you just don't see it these days. You don't. No. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. It does happen. Like, for instance, the other week with them, I saw a quick YouTube clip of MJF with William Regal. And I was like, oh, you've kind of grabbed me with the way you two are, but I just don't believe it. I just look at it and go, it just seems too scripted. In fact, while I'm doing my 2011 history, it's like everything's so scripted. Yeah. Even like um, a recent rule that I watched, literally the rule before WrestleMania 27, um, CM Punk is in the middle of the ring and you can tell he's kind of wanting to go off his own kind of tangent. But uh-huh. he's not allowed to. And he kind of, you can see that he's deliberately throwing in a few things that he shouldn't be saying. And he's kind of like winking to the camera to say, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm saying it anyway. And I'm slowly seeing this CM Punk coming out. But credit where credit, as a guy at work would say, credit where credit's due. Um, I have to say that Hogan on the mic, I think is fucking fantastic. I mean that. I think he's absolutely brilliant. And I, I want to, because I deliberately watched that promo to, to understand what was going to happen in the, the, the following match. And I was like, I'm ready for this. I'm really looking forward to this match. Unfortunately. <laughs> and <laughs> the know, match happened. <laughs> well, this is the thing. And, and like, for me, the, the match happened and I'm just like, uh, what am I watching? And and I'm going to do an Ori, Ori the draw. When she says it got to the point where I was more interested in kind of ordering tickets for a gig that I'm going to mm-hmm. than I am actually the match. I'm not yeah. suggesting for one minute I stop watching the match because, but I just had to pause it because I'm just like I'm not invested. I, yeah. I genuinely don't care, and it's just such a shame that from this promo that Hogan was given giving us to his ed- this ed- the entrance when he came out I'm like oh this is amazing because like, he was wearing exactly what um, he was wearing against the rock at Wrestlemania mm-hmm. the exact same outfit like the white um, uh, I don't know what you call it the, the thing that he was wearing the, over boas. the, the boa yeah. yeah 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 and I'm just like this is amazing and then this lunatic like genuinely once the warrior came out I just thought has this genuinely has this bloke escape from a mental health asylum because I'm just thinking <laughs> what the hell am I looking at here? Like genuinely, this just looks like to me just looked ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I've been completely taken out of the moment now because you've got Hogan coming out. He's playing the old air guitar and everything. He's enjoying himself. He's like, and I'm looking at him going, you're a superstar. Like I'm, like I said, going back to this 2011, it's like uh, with the rock Cena and Miz you know, John Cena, this child happy, everybody loves Cena from the kids and the mums and everything. I just look at him and think, 
nah, you're just a cartoon character. Then you've got the Miz, who is just too clean. But then you see The Rock, and you're like, superstar, real, real wrestler that I believe in. Same with Hogan. I look at Hogan, I think, you are amazing. You are something that I want to watch. But Warrior comes out, I'm just like, nah, not for me. And a quick question. Was that actually the Warriors music when he came out? Was no, it no, no. That was um, a remix. And that, I actually, that was the best part of the Warrior for me. I thought his music yeah. was was really good. Um, it, it's essentially, it's a, it's a original <clears throat> music, but just with a guitar kind of like riff remix over the top of it. Um, so it was actually that, it, it was the actual music of the time then? The the, the middle part of it was, uh, was, was a little bit of uh, Warriors original WF music. I think if I remember, it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Maxi's best guitar riff there. That's what I'm <laughs> no, that wasn't the... That was just the, the Warriors music, but yeah. the, I, I really like the, the guitar riff on the top of it. The, the thing the thing with the Ultimate Warrior, Steve-O, I think is it, 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 it gets dictated to maybe by age. Um, I, I'm a bit older than yourself, and my wife is, you know, she won't like me saying this, but she is of a similar age to me. She is a bit younger, don't get me wrong, but, you know, and I think we... Tony, we lived, wanted territory there, sir. She's like, like six months different, you sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, the Warrior in 89, 90, 91 in WWF, when we were like eight, nine, ten years mm-hmm. of age, this guy was larger than life. This guy, yeah. and and he'd run to the ring and all the cut. About on wrestling in the WWF at this time, it was very cartoony, and we were very young, so the cartoony things didn't offend me maybe as much as it does now. So we would see the warrior, the face paint, that huge feathered hair, and the tassels on his arms, and he would run to the ring to this big blaring heavy metal music, and it was exciting, Max, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, he was right uh, front and center of me. Uh, when I first got into wrestling, he was the the star. Well, one of the the early stars. I mean, he was essentially the Goldberg of his day. Mm-hmm. He would uh, he would come out. The crowd would absolutely erupt. He would go in, hit four or five moves. Uh, Ninety seconds later, he's picked up a victory, and away he goes. Um, I, as of now, we look back and we see that he wasn't a good wrestler. He wasn't particularly a good person. But no. At the time, wrestling was totally going for a different demographic than it was uh, in the nineties, and certainly than it is uh, right now. So he appealed to the the young kids. Um, he appealed uh, as like a superhero, just like mm-hmm. the the yellow and red Hulk Hogan did. Um, so in the eighties and early nineties, this worked. The wrestling wasn't the main reason why you liked this guy. It was the character. But as wrestling fans' taste changed and we, we saw more kind of mix into mainstream and reality, this kind of wrestling got left by the wayside. Um, yes. So that's why the the first half of this match for me is like a throwback. And mm. obviously that was the point. That was what Hogan was looking to do, bring back, bring in people who he trusted and he could work with and he knew he could draw money with. But also he had that, that win that he needed to get back from the warrior, uh, which is something that, that Hogan had, had kind of 
he he festered about over the eight nine years since the the they last had had a one on one match against each other. So uh, that was the reason why Warriors brought him for this short run. And he made a hell of a lot of money out of it. Um, but the the match, if we could just judge off that first five ten minutes, it'd be meh, it'd be all right, not memorable. It's when it gets ridiculous that that it 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 pisses me off. What? I think the reason why I kind of like wanted to look at the promo and I wanted to look at the, well, certainly the prior to the match starting, I was hoping there'd be like a, a promo package. There was nothing. Oh, yeah. Point in the match. This isn't WWF, you know. They don't give you the <laughs> story, the WCW were, were not that great when it came to recapping. I mean, I've got a little bit here just to sort of fill in the blanks, I guess. Um, there was an episode of Nitro where Hogan, who was obviously the leader of the NWO, He's running his mouth saying he's beaten everybody. There's no one left for him to beat. He's defeated everyone they can possibly throw at him, which wasn't true, but we'll skirt over that. And he and he even mentions the line, there's no warriors out there left for me to vanquish or no warriors out there left for me to defeat. And that's when the ultimate warrior turned up on Nitro. Now, they were supposed to have a 10-minute segment. The warrior quite famously likes to rant, and you can never understand what the guy's on about. He went close to half an hour with this promo mm-hmm. on a live Nitro, which caused Eric Bischoff to have to rewrite the show frantically as they were already broadcasting because he overran by by twenty minutes in this crazy promo. Is this available on the network? Just of interest. Yes, it'll Just be on. Yes, all, all these all the Nitros on and all the, that on the Nitros in the build up to the show. Yeah. Yes. Um, from there, obviously. Hogan and the Warrior, we all know, are going to be heading towards a match at some point. And then it starts getting silly. And I, uh, then, then it starts getting silly. Starts yeah, getting... <laughs> because the Warrior has this kind of almost like they want sort of an Undertaker kind of mystique to him, a sort of magical side to, to the character. So they fill the ring with dry ice quite often. Uh, and he would just appear in the ring, which actually was through a trap door that they'd worked into the canvas for him which, to appear which, and disappear. Which crippled David Boy Smith because he yeah. stood on it and injured himself. Yeah, he took a he took a bump on the the, the thing and it basically wrecked him completely. Uh, yeah. We had so several moments of that where the warrior would appear and then disappear, and Hogan would act all freaked out and sometimes would quite over dramatically shake with fear in front of the camera because the warrior was here and, and all this. There was also the famous scenes where the Hogan would be in his dressing room preparing for the match and the warrior would appear in Hogan's mirror. But Hogan would be in the room with the likes of Bischoff and other NWO members and they would be acting like they couldn't see the warrior in the mirror. It's all in Hogan's mind. But we, the viewers at home, could see the warrior. So it made zero sense. Uh, and this would eventually build up. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the warrior started what they called One Warrior Nation, which was a play on the NWO in, initials um, to battle the NWO. But that group consisted of Diamond Dallas Page and Roddy Piper. So it wasn't really a massive threat, to be fair. And to the, the disciple. Don't forget. And the dis- oh, don't convince even. the disciple to not uh, lack it for, for old Terry Malaya anymore. I don't want to talk about Ed Leslie at all. I thought we were going to get for a whole week without having to mention Brutus the fucking barber. Thank you, Max. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's kind of how it all built towards this match at Halloween Havoc. And mm-hmm. I, I totally I agree with you, Steve-O. The, the Hogan entrance is just... I love the Hollywood Hogan version of this guy. The NWO 
is fantastic. We're only a couple of weeks away from it now on Nitro Nights with our sort of ah. back through WC. We're, we're, I think we're about five or six episodes away from Scott Hall arriving and it all kicking off and starting. Hogan is fantastic in this role. And the Warrior returning, as shite as a lot of it was, Magsy, I, I agree with as well. His entrance, I, I loved. I loved his entrance because it took me back to being that eight-year-old kid watching the guy on Sky Sports or Sky Movies. I think the pay-per-views were on at one stage uh, mm-hmm. when we were younger, Magsy, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was just like, oh, and the fireworks going off as he ran down and, and so on. But yeah, then the bell had to ring, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, before oh. we even get to the bell, though, you get Hogan. Um, before Warrior comes out, he's uh, the cock of the walk, showing off to the fans. Then once Warrior's so in the good. ring, so good. He's 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 like the the typical cowardly heel, but he he keeps saying that he's going to kill the Warrior. Yeah. He's yeah. and he literally says to one of the fans, "I'm going to murder this man." <laughs> On camera, he says, ah, Hulk Hogan, I'm going to murder this man. I bet Scottish Danit was so disappointed when he didn't see a stabbing. There's a bit where Hogan has an altercation with a fan, and it's obvious that Hogan doesn't doesn't like what this fan's saying because it's obvious that he's turning around like, get this guy out. Obviously, he didn't get kicked out, but he didn't like something this bloke had said to him. And it's the, 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 the kind of good thing that I did get from this is that the fans really were giving Hogan some stick. Like mm-hmm. They were really yeah. passionate about not liking him. Have you seen much of the, the, the beginning of the NWO? With I, I'll be to... honest with you. I'll be, when I listen into Nitro Nights, when you start it, mm-hmm. that's when I'm going to start learning about the NWO okay. because I know, I remember a chain wrestling episode where you literally said um, we could do a whole episode on, or do a separate episode on the NWO. And I just went, do it, just mm-hmm. do it. Now, obviously literally a year later, you're now doing your own podcast about WCW and the rise of uh, Nitro and everything. And I'm genuinely going to be fascinated to start listening to you and Danny's um, opinions on the start of the NWO. Cause I know, okay. and uh, I'll be honest with you. I just all the only thing I know about the NWO is from their run in WWE. Okay. That's it. Um, obviously, I know it's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and yes. Hulk Hogan, uh, but I I don't know really what their impact was on the wrestling industry. Nothing. That's how naive I am because okay. I just I'm like, yeah, great. Who cares? But I think it's because I came into wrestling really late. So a bit like with Benny Mac, he said on the episode which was last year but i heard it the other day as well he said that um he started watching wrestling in 2000 right that's pretty much like me and then like a lot of your podcasts have revealed with a lot of them like with david eaton um he says because the royal rumble 2000 was on channel four yeah straight away that's when i got involved with with wrestling and you know it's something with the nwo where thanks to you guys and like mike come booking the territory and bang bang podcast I have learned a bit, but I, I, for me, I need the detail. So mm-hmm. when, like you've just said, then Scott Hall comes into play, I'm going to find out what the big deal is with that of Scott Hall coming over and then obviously the start of the NWO. So mm. in a long-winded way, do I know much about the NWO? No, I don't. Right. <laughs> the, 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 you mentioned, the reason I brought that up was because you said about the interactions with the fans and so on. The level of heat the NWO drew 
was incredible, Magsy, wasn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, the actual the actual turn of Hogan it is quite a famous scene with the, all the trash getting thrown in the ring because people were that disgusted at Bash at the Beach '96. It's quite a it's quite an image to behold. It really is. But seeing all that coming in um, at WrestleMania 2000, when every for me, I know you guys hated it. And I, I know for fat Rob and Dan hated it. I think WrestleMania 2000, the the the, the, the storyline with Hunter Hearst with the Helmsley regime and everything, I think it's fucking brilliant. Oh, I love a, it. A McMahon in every corner, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and McMahon turning on the Rock, mm-hmm. and everybody just fucking launching everything into the ring. For me, that's my NWO bash at the beach. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that that's how powerful that moment is for me. But I can appreciate the fact that at Bash at the Beach, how important that moment is mm. for you guys. I generally can. Yeah, I mean, the, again, the, the level of heat is ridiculous. I mean, there's there's moments that with regards to the NWO, there's famous uh, gifts, Magsy, isn't there? The old lady trying to punch uh, Hogan uh, from the, the crowd. Stunt granny. The stunt the granny. The original stunt granny. Yeah, all the rubbish that gets thrown in the ring all the time. It's quite a famous one of Scott Hall. It's one of my favourites. He gets hit on the head with a beer, I think, or a, a, a soda as he's leaning to do his little pose. And when it hits him, it absolutely soaks him. And he just styles it out by slicking his hair back and carries on. And Scott Hall is the coolest fucker in the world. But yeah. you also get situations that will come to on Nitro Nights as well, where people genuinely called the police when they were walking through certain places and saw the wow. NWO attacking WCW wrestlers, they thought they, they thought this was legit, you know, gang warfare, so to speak. Yeah. And the police were being called. There's a famous one what? where there's a famous okay, one where okay. Ke- there's a famous one where Kevin Nash uh, essentially throws Rey Mysterio into a production truck, and yeah. the police were called <laughs> for that one because um, the 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 fans thought it was it was genuine that the that he'd really been assaulting Paul Little Ray Mysterio. Mm. But I, I, I'm somebody that loves this stuff, like knowing this, because the one for me where I thought it's real, but it wasn't real, but it for me was real, was when ECW invaded WWE back in 97, 98, with Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Taz was there. Yeah, they were all sat and, on the side, weren't they? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and there was a bit where... um one of the WWE guys clock um, one of the ECW things. And I, I genuinely was like, this is a, this is for me, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. However many years, 30 odd years later, whatever the time period is, I'm thinking even I'm getting fooled by this, whether it was real or not, I couldn't care less. I'm drawn in as, as Mags would say, you're a mark. <laughs> you're, you're a mark. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I'm a mark because I want to believe what's going on here. Mm, absolutely. My favorite, my favorite kind of wrestling is when I believe what's going on. It's why I can't stand wrestling now because yeah. I just don't believe it. It's just too like, nah. It's why I love the, um, the whole shenanigans with the, the, the scrummage with the whole Tony Khan, CM Punk, the young bucks and Kenny Omega. It's like, this is amazing because it's actually mm. real. Yes. Yeah. And I, I want to know the real story behind it and everything. And you're hearing about Chris Jericho coming out, what he's saying to about C, excuse me, CM Punk and stuff. And it's like, this is when I want to try and get invested in it because I know this is real. And back in the day, back in like 99, 2000, they play on it. Mm-hmm. Now they, they can't, they, they don't want to. And I, I did, it actually annoys me to be honest with you. It's why I'm kind of like, 
annoyed that I just don't want to watch wrestling these days because I know that there is a product out yeah. there, whether it's WWE, NXT, or AEW, which provide such a like the wrestling that they provide these days is so much better than back then. But storyline wise and everything, I'm just like, nah, I don't care because I don't believe it. Whereas back then, you telling me about like this whole NWO and the police being called and everything, and me saying about the ECW and whatnot, I'm like, but I believe it. And I, I'm glad I believe it. Yeah. I'm glad I've been caught up in this. And, and you're right, because it is. it really does play into realism. Does, I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here. We will come back, listeners. To That's the, because we need all we can to avoid <laughs> yeah. talking about right. this match. But the, 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 the old NWO <laughs> situation... <clears throat> They, it, it touched upon real life because obviously Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were Razor Ramon and Diesel in the WWF. Mm. They were big players for the WWF in that era. They were, they, you know, championship holders and so on. Their contracts expired. They jumped across, but they were never addressed as Diesel or Razor, but they were also never addressed as not being Diesel and Razor. <laughs> so WCW and Eric Bischoff did a fantastic job of kind of, hinting that the WWF were actually invading WCW and blurring the lines. And th- that was the, the whole kind of the outsiders gimmick was they were the outsiders because they were from the other company. And Scott Hall, uh, one of his famous lines to Eric Bischoff was, you wanted a war, you've got a war. Here we are. And we've got a third man. And they were supposed to be invading from the other company. And that was kind of the whole gimmick with regards to the NWO and it really it gave wrestling a massive kick up the arse because all of a sudden the, these these bad guys were cool because they were cool. You know, Scott Hall is one of the coolest guys to ever live. And from there, it, it, the kickoff from there, you had the Attitude Era kicking off as well. DX, I think. I mean, DX are fantastic. I love DX. But they were very much in the wheelhouse of what the NWO were doing already. It was a reaction. It was a reaction yes. to end, uh, the NWO. Yeah. The NWO very much is like the pebble thrown in the in, in the pond. And the ripples coming out across wrestling, didn't they? So, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Shall we talk this shit though? <laughs> well, it kind of links us into what you were saying <laughs> about the, the fans, the fans reacting to Hogan the way they were during this mm-hmm. specific match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally. Mean, even even when Hogan uh, jumped to WCW a few years before, um, he wasn't getting the best of reactions. The f- it, it wasn't like uh, Hogan of uh, 89, 90, where he was everybody's favourite. Wrestling, as in general, had got bored of Hogan, had got bored of like, the eating your uh, your vitamins, saying your prayers, all that, all that malarkey. And when he turned heel, which was a brave thing to do for someone in, in uh, Hogan's uh, spot, because he had been the face of wrestling for so long, the fans gravitated to him because it was such a, a massive change and it mm. did blur the lines of, of is this real or is this a, a, a character? And then you've seen Hogan um, uh, with uh, totally a, a different person and, and going, um, uh, going against the fans. And that, that not only revitalized his career, but it revitalized the wrestling world. I mean, we yes. can give Hogan a, a all the grief and it's very deserved for the, for the person he is behind the scenes. Um, but it's not, it's, it's not overstating that he alongside with the outsiders changed wrestling monumentally mm-hmm. with the NWO. It was so, it was so realistic and the lines were blurred 
so much and we will cover this in, in on nitro nights as we get get to it i mean first of all we're seeing now literally the episodes that uh scottish daniel are recording now those mixed reactions that magsy pointed out they're not that mixed at this point now we're, we're in 96 hogan's getting openly booed by the wcw fans for yeah. being the red and yellow hogan it is it, openly getting shot on in certain markets and when it got to the NWO stuff and the, the blurring of the lines between this is Razor and Diesel invading and so on. For example, Scott Hall, he's still doing the, the, the Razor Ramon voice and some of the mannerisms and uh, that sort of Scarface kind of rip-off character. The WWF tried to sue WCW for this. You know, the, the, the lawsuits went back and forth between the two companies quite often in, in this period of wrestling because the NWO being an invading group, an invading factor, uh, and hinted at being an invading factor from the WWF, it was so close to the line that the Vince McMahon was like, this needs nipping in the bud. And they tried to take them to court. They, they, they settled out of court quite often for vast sums of money. Ted Turner had to pay a lot of money to Vince McMahon for this sort of shit. But yeah, it was so close to the bone and done so well that the, the, the realism and the working aspect of wrestling were blurred that cleverly that lawsuits were thrown left right and center magsy weren't they yeah and and then it led to the the turn in the punch bowl that was uh fake diesel and fake razor because the yeah. wwf thought that it wasn't <laughs> steve-o's face <laughs> but, uh, awful. but the, uh vince and the wsr reasoning was that the fans were fans of the characters of razor and diesel mm. And that anybody could fit in those places, almost like they were actors. It was, but when uh, we got Glenn Jacobs and Rick Bogner, and the fans absolutely shit on it, they realised that, yeah, it's not the, always the gimmick. It's not always the character. Sometimes the fans mm. gravitate to the rest of themselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the issue with WCW, especially in this time frame. I mean, WCW got hot because of the NWO mid-96. 97 was huge. Goldberg was the big explosion of 98. Sort of late 97 going into 98 and so on. The, the, the issue that WCW had, and we see it here, is that storyline-wise, sports entertainment-wise, for want of a better term, a lot of TV time and storylines and interview time was invested in the main event players. So the NWO and so on. Uh, that was great for a while, but as always, things eventually do get stale. But they didn't really let go, potentially, when they should have let go. Mm-hmm. But the undercard in WCW, the Cruiserweight division, the, the tag division, uh, certain mid-card matches, that's where a wrestling fan can really get, you know, there's, there's stuff to really get your teeth into there. I mean, the, the episode of Nitro Nights that Danny and I recorded yesterday, that'll be with you in a couple of weeks, there's a match between two, you know, Chris Benoit is part of the Four Horsemen. Eddie Guerrero is effectively a, a relative unknown in the States at this point. And they're just thrown together on an episode of Nitro. They only go 12 minutes, but it steals the show. It's fantastic. And that was the issue we had with WCW, Magsy, wasn't it? The main events were, in theory, the attraction, but in ring, they would shit the bed. Yeah. Whereas the undercard maybe wouldn't get the investment in the storylines, but wrestling quality, the and undercard... Yeah, the undercard was so much better than what the WWF were doing at the time. The mm-hmm. WWF undercard was was dire. WCW undercard was top class. The yeah. difference was, though, the WWF main events at the time, in 96, you had a prime Shawn Michaels doing what he could do. In 96, in WCW, you had 
Hogan, Roddy Piper, and people who were past their prime. So it was a, it was a weird kind of dynamic, wasn't it, Magsy? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's almost like a yin and yang of shows. Um, mm. Yeah, the, yeah, spot, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. The the wrestling in the 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 first half of a, a WCW pay per view was usually spot on, was absolutely brilliant, and then, like I said, they shit the bed for the for the main events. That's so contrasted with a WCW uh, WWF show where you could totally miss the first four matches of a pay per view, and you wouldn't miss any good wrestling yeah. and then just focus on, on the main event. So yeah, they were very yin and yang when it come to uh, the, the output of the content. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, getting back to Halloween Havoc 1998. <laughs> we don't want to talk about this fucking match. We have to, that's it's the, the way the show works It's the way the show works. The, the people have spoken, the votes have come in. Maxie, you won a poll. We need to discuss the match that won. It feels like when you want something for so long and then when you finally get it, you didn't want it. And I'm, a, I'm a typical wrestling fan. I don't know what I want until I get it. Then I realize I didn't want it. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, we start with obviously the entrances, which we've already ran through, <laughs> which I thought were fantastically done. But yeah. Both guys I thought looked great. The warrior looks in incredible shape. Uh, Hogan here is not a young man by any stretch of the imagination. And he looks fantastic as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm in no position to criticize anyone's physique, of course. Look at me, I look like a well, much, but <laughs> you, 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 it's funny you say that because uh, it's funny you bring that up because from my personal background, like being in the gym world and stuff, a lot of the time I actually, I actually look at wrestlers' physiques and critique okay. the way they look, and I look at Warrior and Hogan, I think you are absolute specimens, mm. but weirdly, like. Ultimate Warrior's arms are really like skinny. They're okay. really small compared to the rest of his body. Whereas Hogan, it's almost like the, the perfect physique. Mm -hmm. But Ultimate Warrior, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior's got he's got the full package bar in the arms. If if you gave mm. Ultimate Warrior Hogan's Hogan's arms to Ultimate Warrior, you've got an absolute incredible specimen there i'm not suggesting for a minute ultimate warrior wasn't a specimen then anyway but i just found it very strange that the whole of ultimate warrior's body is just perfection apart from his arms mm. it was very this just an observation i i make but both of them you're completely right side just just stunning yeah and perhaps he didn't want his arms to get too big because he'd need to buy longer shoelaces <laughs> and they and they might be more expensive. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing out there. Um, <laughs> Maybe he tied the shoelaces a bit too tight and his muscles atrophied. Uh, like, like Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. That's or a good Jeremy Beadle. Yeah. Jeremy. Okay. That wasn't, his muscles didn't atrophy. He just had a little funny hand. Didn't he? He was like that guy from the scary movies, wasn't he? Like, my strong hand. <laughs> it was you know? <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, Jeremy Beadle is no longer with me. I saw it. That's incredible. It is. Bloody hell. I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you. Um, we get a line here from Tony Schiavone during the entrances that he states, I mean, first of all, the original match was eight years ago, so it's not a decade past it's, it's seven and a half years ago eight years ago tony Schiavone states quite 
you know, brazenly and boldly that this is the rematch wrestling fans have been oh, waiting yeah. for for a decade. Tony <laughs> Schiavone, you fucking liar. <laughs> you paedophile liar, Tony Schiavone. Oh, my God. Can we stop? Can we stop calling people who could potentially sue us pedos? Sue us, yeah. <laughs> can we avoid that from now on? Or, uh, maybe we should just draw a line we in the sand. We can try to. We can try to. Okay, as, as long as the effort is getting put in, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> the match starts with uh, some wrist locks from both guys, mm-hmm. and then uh, quite a bit of stalling as well. Hogan does, as Mags explained, drops to the outside, interacts with the fans, and so on. I don't mind that because it's again, it as a fan, you want the baby face to get hold of the bad guy. The bad guy is, is, is dropped to the outside, wasting a bit of time, stalling, etc. And it builds up the, the feeling between uh, the crowd and the heel. They're booing the guy because they want to see him get his ass kicked and he's stalling, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and there's so many, in this first five or so min- uh, minutes, there's so many callbacks to their, their WrestleMania match. Um, and I think that may be a kind of a factor of why I didn't think it was the worst thing that I've ever seen because you get the typical um, Hogan and Warrior uh, three moves of of wrestling. You get uh, wrist locks. You get um, crossing the ropes, all classic Hogan and Warrior stuff. And then you get the the test of strength again, another kind of a um, a WrestleMania um, throwback. Uh, so didn't for that, me, sorry, Magdy, did, didn't it look though from that one camera from the hard cam? So you, you know, Steve, I'm assuming you know what I mean. The hard cam, yeah. standard. Yeah, didn't <laughs> I it may look, not know wrestling, but I know a hard yeah. cam. <laughs> didn't it look like the Ultimate Warrior was just giving Hogan a bit of a nosh? I mean, who's to say? I cannot comment on that. Okay. I mean, obviously, you got your jizz guard up there right now, just in case. So. I, I thought I'd pick your brains because you're the expert. <laughs> oh, it always comes back to willies and pedos of us, doesn't it? Never mind. Um, <laughs> Can you have a bit of professionalism, please, sir? I apologise. About <laughs> pedophiles. Um, <laughs> we need to stop with the pedo shit. I'm not even joking. This is on my own network now. We need to cut this crap out. It was all right when we were elsewhere, but this has to stop. <laughs> Oh as as paedophilia should do stop paedophilia we're that's, a t-shirt right there. that's a t-shirt right there that'll be available by christmas um <laughs> uh the, yeah the test of strength or warrior nosh is my uh my notes i've got here um also hogan's boots are cool as fuck aren't they when you see him stood there like and you get a proper look at his wrestling boots they are so fucking cool where warriors orange boots were horrific Mm. Yeah, Hogan. It's not something I suppose you can really, <clears throat> I suppose, quite often put at Hogan in that he moves with the times because the, the NWO version of Hogan, the heel turn or whatever, came probably. It, we had to sit through two years of him being booed, so he didn't move with the times as quickly as he should. But at least he's moved with the times at all. Warrior here in '98 is doing what made Mar- Warrior popular in '88. Mm. And wrestling in '88 is completely different to wrestling in '98, isn't it? Yeah, and 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 that's kind of the point I was making at, at the beginning. That if you judge this as a match in its in a singularity, it's fine. The first half of it is fine. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. 
you're wrong. But if you judge it as a match from 1998, it's it's dog shit because that's mm. not the yeah. wrestling that, that people in 1998 wanted. And I think that's why it goes down like a lead balloon, not only in 1998, but still now that people uh, judge it uh, uh, along the wrestling that, that uh, was surrounding it. I mean, if you go just the match before this on the, on the card, you've got Sting versus Bret Hart. Whilst that match was not uh, the best the match that those two would have, it's infinitely better than, than this match. And those are two wrestlers from the same era, but they've yeah. kind of evolved their wrestling uh, as the, the time went on. Hogan and Warrior haven't evolved. These are still Hogan and Warrior from 1990. And I think that's the issue that people have with the match. Mm. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And again, sort of expanding on that, the roster in WCW in 98, you had a prime Rey Mysterio. I mean, Rey Mysterio, when he eventually arrived in WWF, he was fantastic, but knee injuries had took his toll. WCW Rey Mysterio was incredible groundbreaking. He was doing things that you know, people had never seen before. Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, mm. all these guys. And, and again, we come back to the undercard was fantastic as a wrestling mm-hmm. fan for, for, for actual wrestling. And Magsy is spot on. This just seems so dated when you put it up against stuff, even from the same pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, it was eight years since their last match. And th- those eight years were not canned to this match whatsoever. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, we also get a lot of pointing and shouting, don't we? There's quite a bit of that going on. <laughs> and a lot of no-selling. Nobody mm. sells at all in this match no. whatsoever. Apparently, they they weren't uh, on particularly good terms at this stage in their career as well, Hogan and Warrior. Hogan convinced Bischoff to reach out and bring Warrior in because he thought he could make money with him. And he wanted to get his win back, obviously, from WrestleMania 6, which is ridiculous. It's a work, Terry. Come on. But um, they weren't on good terms by the time they got to the pay-per-view. So I don't know if that played a part. Perhaps. But they were both had massive egos anyway. So mm. it was very unlikely one of them was going to to lay down for the other one. Mm, yeah. Um, everyone's aware of my feelings towards the bear hug they know I'm not a big fan of that move in any way, shape or form. I think in this match, we see something that rivals how much I dislike the bear hug. And that's what well, it's referred to on commentary and is, is known as the crisscross. So both wrestlers are running the ropes, but they're running the ropes in different directions. What the fuck is this? I uh, it, uh, sorry, Mike. When when whenever I've heard you in the past say about the crisscross, your your line you usually say, which is, "I've never ever seen." <laughs> it's just genius. <laughs> Two men fighting in a pub car park, <laughs> crisscrossing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I want to believe You're... wrestling's real. <laughs> However, for me, I don't have a problem with that. I personally don't have an issue with it because, ironically, it's wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of like contradictory in the sense of like, well, hold on a minute, Steve, one minute you're saying you want realism, the next minute this is something that's just so ridiculous. That, but I, be- <laughs> I be- at least I believe it. I know what they're doing. Um, okay. It's it's crap. Like when I found it, I found it quite embarrassing actually when um, Warrior kind of was like, oh yeah, let's just do the test of strength with my hand and stuff, and it was just like it just 
it's like a fart in church. It just went down like nothing. And Hogan was just like, no, nah, we're not doing it. It was just awful. And then you 30 seconds later wants to do it. Yeah. When he's got yes. a warrior in the corner. Yeah. Um, going back to the crisscross art, it just reminds me of Skelextrix. Oh. Do you know when, <laughs> when you build the track and it, it crosses over like a figure of eight and then one car uh, is like going one side and they crash into each other? You're always hoping for that crash. But it's it's like I said, it's, it goes down like a fine church in 1998. In 1990, this was, this was awesome. These two running the ropes at the same time, it was one of the best things ever. Uh, eight years I, later. I got, to, I got to disagree, mate. Even uh, in 1990. Maybe, maybe not one of the best things ever, but still a cool, a cool visual of Hogan and Warrior at WrestleMania doing the crisscross. That is a, a cool visual. Uh, it's just two uh, blokes going Halloween for a run. No, I know, but as a as a eight as a ten year old wrestling fan, it's cool. As a eighteen year old wrestling fan, it's dog shit. I'll tell you, as a ten year old wrestling fan, I reckon I probably still looked at this and thought this is shite. Well, fuck you. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> we get some awful punches by the pair as well in the uh, corner. Really uncon. And I look at again. It, it shows how talented some wrestlers are. Because I see, uh, in theory, throwing a punch to somebody like us who has never been in the ring and we're outside looking in, throwing a working punch, I suppose is the term, it should be kind of straightforward in comparison to some of the more complex moves that these guys do. However, when you see people as established and uh, who's made as much money as the Warrior, The Rock is another example, whose punches look like shit. And then you see the likes of Bret Hart, Ric Flair, and even some of the guys on the indies that I've seen and local shows and so on, throw punches that look like they've genuinely just broken someone's jaw. Maybe it's something that some people get and some people don't. I don't know. It's 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 the subjectivity, I suppose, of wrestling. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, eventually, we get a really rubbish ref bump, don't we? No, no, literally, no, 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 I will not have this. This was brilliant. Uh, it, 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 you know, it was it was brilliant because it was so bad. But what made it for me was Hogan dropping the knee uh, on Nick Patrick in the corner. I thought that was classy. That was brilliant. I, I mean, I can't stand Nick Patrick anyway. The guy just just boils my piss. But to see Hogan. Up, accidentally drop the knee, and then go back about three or four minutes later and do exactly the same thing. I thought that was spot on. That was typical douchebag Hogan. Is that mask restricting how much oxygen you're getting to the brain? <laughs> yeah, it's cutting out the blood. <laughs> Why am I the way I am? <laughs> uh, we get an, like I said, an awful breath bump. And then, then, as standard practice is, I guess, for this, this time of WCW, we get some nwo members joining the party don't we we get the giant coming out who i think we're looking at some brilliant stuff with the giant at the moment on nitro nights but we also get stevie ray who doesn't come across as great and vincent bless him i mean it's not an nwo running if vincent doesn't get clocked so (laughs) that's how that's that's just natural law but what always like winds me up about an NWO running is when something goes wrong, the wrestlers just stand there waiting to be beat up by the baby faces. 
Um, so in this example, we have the giant come down, goes to kick Warrior in the face. Warrior ducks, he kicks yeah. over, and then he stands there like a wet lemon, like, oh my god, what have I done? What mm. is going on? I'll just step a few steps towards this rope, and then suddenly Warrior comes off and does the close. And it's it's so it's so scripted, and we know wrestling scripted, but this this shows that it's scripted. And then you've got Stevie Ray and, and Vincent come. Don't bother even attempting to get in the ring. Just stand on the apron, ready to get punched and dropped. Those three should be able to come out and beat the living piss out of Warrior. And then they, they never do. And they get one shot and, and that's it. You don't see them again. They go away. I mean, mm-hmm. great mates. If, uh, if ever I was in a fight and three of my mates got one hit and then they walked off, be like, I am... They're not in my gang anymore. You're out of the NWO. But yeah, they're not. In, just, they're, not in, they're not in your gang. Have, have you got a yeah. gang, Max? Do, do, uh, yeah. Do, 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 do I not tra- like a gang kind of guy? Do you traipse the car parks of supermarkets in in <laughs> Burnley with your gang? Yeah, we fight other gangs. I mean, I'm I'm a little car park kind of guy. <laughs> A oh, little for life. If those Aldi <laughs> toss pots come to little. Yeah, we'll 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 cross cross over through cars to make yeah. sure we don't hit each other. <laughs> Fuck you now. What is my life? What are we talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Hogan here. Then I oh, was sorry. I was going to ask you, Steve. Vincent, are, are you aware who that is? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Right, you're lucky that I just about know who Booker T is. It because he's brother, cousin, whatever. CV, that's CV his brother, yeah, The Million Dollar Man in WWF had a bodyguard named Virgil, and Virgil right. was apparently named this because Dusty Rhodes was the main booker for what was the version of WCW back in the day, and Dusty Rhodes's real name is Virgil, Virgil Runnels, oh. and they named. The story goes, they named the bodyguard who was always getting his ass kicked, Virgil, to take the piss out of Dusty Rhodes, who was on the mm-hmm. other channel. And that's never been confirmed, but that's what they thought. So when that individual, Virgil, left and joined WCW, they named him Vincent as a dig at Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so, he always yeah. gets battered. Yeah. So really mature behavior from people who are, you know, high ups in the wrestling business there. Um Hogan uses an old ploy of his with his weightlifting belt and starts beating the piss out of the now, warrior with it. I, I want to talk about this bit because okay. it, I, th- th- can you tell me if this was a no disqualification match or not? This is no, a note I have as well, my friend. It wasn't, it wasn't no disqualification. I'll just, I'll just tell you that it was, so it was just not a straight normal match because I get really angry in any match where it's, well, you know, it's no disqualification, but when a wrestler decides to do something which is against the rules, the referee just turns a blind eye or allows it to go to on. Doesn't throw the match out. It's bollocks. Yeah, and it, it's like Wade Keller of PW Torch always used to say about, um, for instance, you know, whenever JR would say, "Oh, uh, it's now a no disqualification," you know, we 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 can do whatever we want, and Wade Keller would make the point, "All right, then we'll just send anybody in the ring then." just do whatever you want if it's a no disqualification and when Hogan started beating Ultimate Warrior with the belt and then vice versa I'm just like but surely the match should be finished there's a bit in the sorry to keep banging on about this but I am literally watching it as we speak uh, the 2011 era there's a bit where um, 
I can't remember who it is now, but the, the tag match just gets stopped immediately because one of the wrestlers pulls the ref out the ring. And I'm like, what, you've stopped the match for that? Like, mm. this is just ridiculous. And yet, you know, like a match later, the referee gets knocked out, but nothing happens. And another ref comes out to continue the match. It's like, what's going on here? There's no continuity to it. It's just really frustrating. That is spot on. No continuity. Yeah, exactly. And I've got a big issue with it because... and. and I've always had an issue and it's difficult for me to to, to verbalize why it bothered me so much until I started sitting down with, with our good friend, Joshua Goodwin for NXT Mm. Rise and Fall. And he explains so much about his insight into the wrestling business, having been in the ring and and being very, very good at what he does. You need rules in place for the bad guy to break them. So when the rules no longer matter, all of a sudden then it's a case of, okay, well then, you know, the good guy has nothing to overcome with the bad guy cheating and all this. And and it's so simple, but it's right. And Mm. this here with the belt, uh, it should be a DQ. The match should be thrown out or they should just not fucking do it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it added anything to the match. I mean, lads tell me if I'm wrong, but did that, well, did the, did the spot change anything? Yeah, it does. Because, um, when I knew you were going to be like this. No, <laughs> and I actually, I, I actually uh, rewound the, the match when I was uh, watching it to make sure I was right. But the the point with the belt is it's so Hogan can blade. Um, ah, okay. Because when when Warrior wraps the belt around his hand and hits him, uh, everyone thinks that the uh, uh, Hogan is bleeding when uh, Warrior comes off the top rope and does the axe handle, but it's not. You actually see Hogan blading whilst taking the 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 leather belt to the face um nice. so okay. that's why it was there and but yeah I, I i totally agree with you both the the the, the continuity of, of rules of playing and not was a massive problem in wcw um they only seem to apply when the the storyline dictated it um mm. otherwise it was it tended to be a, a free-for-all especially with hogan um, and that so, comes back to Steve-O's point of continuity, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, the the whole uh, wrestling belt section was to make to give Hogan the chance to blade. But then, uh, and this this to me then comes to the point <clears> where this is potentially overbooked because you've had a ref bump and the NWO B squad, I suppose, running down to get involved. That didn't need to happen. Nothing mm-hmm. was gained from that. Could you not have had a ref bump and then Hogan use the belt instead? Yeah. Would that yeah. have not made more sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just you're absolutely right. Too much but going it, on. Uh, NWO matches and, and WCW main events typically at this time were overbooked. Mm. There they were so many uh, twists, turns and swerves that... Um, that they were there just as a matter of course. If you had a straightforward match, it it would look out of place in WCW in this era. There had to be the twists and turns for the sake of twists mm. and turns. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Uh, we get some weird um, rolling around by the Warrior <laughs> as well. <don't> we? <laughs> you know, this was, was ridiculous. The first it was... couple of times, the first couple of times, I get that because I think it was timed really well. Because Hogan's going to drop an elbow, yes, and it looks like he's going to land the elbow. And at the last minute or last second, sorry, Warrior rolls out the way. I thought that looked really good. Then he did it again, and it didn't look quite as good, but it still worked. 
But I think maybe the warrior, uh, similar to my youngest daughter, Anya, when she would start rolling over as a kid, she would roll over and roll over and roll over. And then she'd like hit a bit of furniture and be like, shit, I can't move anymore, dad. I, well, I think the warrior did that. He rolled over and rolled over, got to the corner of the ring and was like, oh, mm, crap, I've run out of ring. I'll roll back, though. Yeah. The issue and, was and, he went, I'll roll back. And, and Tony Schiavone tries to sell it as a brilliant offensive move by the warrior, rolling into Hogan's shin. Yeah. I mean, Hogan falling over because the warrior rolled into him was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that that was when it's, I mean, no, it started to go weird well before that. But yeah, that was a very much a, a weird part of this match. Horrific. Not a good look, mate. Not a good look. And it's at this stage I've got a note saying there's the crowd is silent. Oh my god. I can't believe you just said that, right? Uh, you won't be able to see this, but literally, um, I've written here the commentate, I think it's Tony Schiavone. I you won't be able to read this and the FBL fans will never be able to read it, but I literally have written there, it says this commentator. The, the, this is Tony Schiavone. The warrior needs energy from the fans. I've written their silent. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the warrior needs energy from somewhere because he ran to the ring and he's already blown up from that. Is yeah. is the problem? <laughs> and and the the only time you really hear anything from the the fans, it, it's. Same warrior sucks, which yes, is, yes, which is yeah. against the point that of bringing the warrior back into first place. There's also a little boring chant that much before this, but mm-hmm. like the test the strength a warrior mm. noshing Hogan off moment. There's a bit of a boring chant around there that sort of starts to get going, but sort of disappears as well. So the crowd are already even at that early part of the match, they're losing interest already, boys, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean. They lost interest when we got the 80s-style crisscrossing and test of strength. Then we get to roly-poly around the ring, kneeing a referee in the face, the (laughs) multiple NWO runnings, uh, and then the next part we're going to come to, and these fans were like, I've just watched... I've, did somebody just... Oh, she puts uh, Joshua up. Um, I've just watched... um, Sting versus Bret Hart. Now I'm watching this Lord of Bollocks. What the fuck is this pay-per-view? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the Ultimate Warrior gets a go with the weight belt as well. Starts lashing that around. And then we get to a moment that I think is probably more synonymous with this match than anything other than the Warrior appearing in the mirror to everybody apart from Eric Bischoff in that dressing room. Hogan Hogan decides he wants to try and burn the warrior and doesn't quite get it right, Magsy. Do you want to talk us through this shit show? So he's had this plastic pack in his uh, in his tart all match, pulls it Which out. Which is usually, it, by the way, it's just normally full of coke. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not remembering this part, I thought it was actually a bag of, of the magic white powder, but no, it, it's, <laughs> instead he's double bagged some flash paper and a cheap throwaway lighter. He tries yeah. to set it on fire. It doesn't work. And then as he, uh, as he's throwing it, it, it goes off in his hand. <laughs> so warrior who obviously knew the spot was happening, 
acts a little bit like the 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 firing got him. They both look at each other and think, "What the fuck do we do now?" We <laughs> and, and then this is where it gets ridiculous because Warrior. Oh yeah, this is where it gets ridiculous. Yeah, it's Warrior that takes the lead. I mean, Hogan is is the face of this company. Hogan's been in wrestling uh, for decades. Warrior has been out of wrestling for eight years, but Warrior takes the lead and decides that he's going to go and do a double axe handle from the top rope, which makes oh, about as awful. much content uh, <laughs> contact as a shame man punch. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But Hogan then sold it. He's mm. not sold anything else during this match, but then decides to sell a fucking double axe handle that doesn't make any contact with him. It's ridiculous. And there's a, that's the reason this gets uh, gifted so much. The, that that fireball setting on fire to, to Hogan's hand and then Warrior acting like he's been hit in the face. It's just horrific. Horrific bad WCW on this. Two things with a fireball then. Okay? And, um, and we'll get both of your thoughts. Well, first of all, a, f- a funny thing that tickled me when I was looking into this match, um, Eric Bischoff has, has said in various interviews and so on, that when the fireball did go off, the flash paper did go off in Hogan's hand, it actually burnt his own eyebrows and moustache. Good. Which is Good. fantastic. But, but that aside, if that had worked, if he lit it and thrown it and it hit the warrior in the face, that would have been quite a dramatic visual. Mm-hmm. Would that have been enough to maybe not save the match, but maybe give a different a different viewpoint to us now looking back if it had worked? Well, I, I need to know what the context is of the fireball because for instance the only fireball there's been a couple haven't there been in WWF for instance Kane on The Undertaker or vice versa or Kane or X-Pac to Kane um, but what was the point in it here what was the significance of a fireball from Hogan to Warrior just well, random just, apparently it was it was Hogan's idea for the spot there's no context to it there's no there's oh, no um oh. there's no history of Hogan using this but it was supposed to oh. be a, a a big moment in this match where Hogan was going to use the fireball and then from there go on and eventually win the contest and and so on and it was supposed to be quite a dramatic visual of this fire coming out of Hogan's hands hitting the warrior in the face and then the warrior ultimately getting beaten by Hogan not clean so in theory it helps the warrior and hogan is like oh look i've won again and and you get the visual of the big fire etc but there is no there is no build-up to hogan using fire in the past steve all right well then i just think it's a pointless spot genuinely just a pointless Fair spot enough. for the for the sake of making something dramatic for the sake of it i don't like it when that happens in wrestling i i can in fact it just again just takes me out of my just um what's the word? i keep uh my disbelief i, I yeah. can't suspend my disbelief, disbelief. Your bubble, yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I can't because it's just like well what's he doing it for if there was a genuine reason like oh i don't know Owen oh, warrior had done something with fire to hogan or whatever but if that's not the okay. case i'm just thinking meh <laughs> again though you're talking about continuity and context and if there was history go, going but they, they talk about it all the time on this pay-per-view in this match with regards to when they wrestled once previously and this is according to tony shivani the only person hogan has never beat he says on commentary a few times which is bullshit by the way at this point in his career he's never beaten goldberg so that's nonsense but anyway we'll skirt over that um 
if and they talk about the the previous match at WrestleMania, they, they they don't mention the WWF WrestleMania or anything like that. Of course, they're not going to, but they throw back to that initial contest a lot. You're right, Steve. If there was some form of previous to this, it would have made sense. <clears throat> as much as I criticised the crisscross spot, their match at WrestleMania six had a big crisscross spot, so I can understand why it was included. As, as ridiculous as it may well be, this fire spot. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with both of you. It was, this was a spot to stroke the ego of Hulk Hogan. That was mm-hmm. all. He's never had any um, supernatural powers, so there's no context for him of throwing uh, fireballs at people uh, before. So it made absolutely no sense. And there's so much that could have and did go wrong that it wasn't worth the risk of doing a spot like this nope. for for nothing. It, it it all it does is uh, it gives uh, it gives the warrior. Uh, an out in terms of the finish, which they got anyway, because um, with that spot not working, it's quite clear that the Bischoff and Horace Hogan stuff was kind of uh, uh, done on the fly. Um, yes, it was. Yes. And, and I think that as an out works better anyway than Hogan magically getting uh, a fireball uh, uh, ability and, and throwing, uh, throwing it into the Warriors' face. That makes a lot less sense than... Hogan, uh, uh, Horace Hogan coming out and helping his uncle win. That that mm. is a better ending than the one that they, they went for. Yeah, I mean, we, we that's kind of it. Then I suppose we get to the finish from this, don't we? Hogan uh, goes for the the leg drop of doom, as it is referred to as. I think he hits mm-hmm. one, misses the second. As Horace yeah. Hogan arrives, Bischoff arrives too. Um, Bischoff distracts yeah. the referee. Horace Hogan has a chair, nails the warrior. We get the three count. That's effectively the end of the match, boys, isn't it? So, yeah, that that's a, a bit of a you know wet squib of a finish, I suppose. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought the ending was. I mean, I've written down here. Bischoff's got a headlock on Nick Patrick, which was just. Mm. And again, the referee didn't call the match. Then no. that, yeah. that should have been a disqualification, but it, it didn't call the match. But it depends who you who you listen to as well. The Warrior said that this match went as it was supposed to in certain interviews before we passed away. Uh, Hogan and Bischoff have both said that the fireball spot was botched, so they called this finish on the fly. So I, I suppose you're on pay-per-view, you've got an arena full of people, your planned finish doesn't work. To try and just bring something new and, and get... I can understand. I don't. The finish is shit, but at the same time, at least they tried something. Mm-hmm. I can. I, I. I don't mind backing them on that front. At least they gave it a go to try and say if if Bischoff and Hogan are to be believed above the Warrior. I mean, these are three people that are quite famous for, shall we say, bending the truth a little bit. But if we're going to take the word of Bischoff and Hogan above the Warrior, then to to have Horace Hogan down there, the chair shots and, and what they worked with Nick Patrick, the referee. I applaud them for at least trying to do something mm-hmm. as opposed to letting it just end with that shitty fireball that didn't really work. At least yeah. they gave it a go, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I'm probably not as 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 uh, low on the matches as you two, but for me, the 
the NWO get involved is is not good. The the big spot, the fireball shits the bed. Um, the the finish is not the best. And the for me, the biggest issue is that at this point in his career, Hogan needed a dance partner that could carry a good match, especially if you yep. go in 10, 15 minutes like this match was. Warrior was never that guy. Warrior was never no. the, a 15-minute match guy. So putting these two together in the, the late 90s, in a, a, a big match like this and giving them 15 minutes was always going to be bad. Always going to be yeah. bad. These two could not um, could not work together at this time for 15 minutes, and this match absolutely proved that. You're, you're spot on. Warrior, I suppose in a way, well, it, there's a lot of similarities between the two, especially when you look at their WWF days, because mm-hmm. Hogan's, Hogan's best stuff in WWF came with the likes of Randy Savage. Uh, the, the Hogan warrior match at WrestleMania six is much better than this, but it's not great. But no. Hogan's best stuff came with, I mean, he had, he had the feud of Mr. Perfect uh, and so on guys who could really, really work. And the warrior is the same. The warriors best matches in WWF to me as, as a fan who lived through it, 89, 90 and so on. The warrior's best stuff was working with Rick rude. His SummerSlam match in 89 with Rick Rude. His SummerSlam main event in the cage at uh, 1990 SummerSlam with Rick Rude. These are the personalities that sell the tickets. These are the personalities that the kids want to see. And as a as a kid of that time, 100%, I was all about Hogan, all about the Warrior. I speak to my wife. She was all about the Warrior. Now as a grown-up, we look at it and think, this guy was shite. But as a kid, he he got us to watch. Mm-hmm. because of the, the the big personality the the music the the color everything about it but it was the likes of perfect and rude who would carry the match so when you get the two guys who are shall we say more about appearance than substance you lose out on what makes the match good i would mm-hmm. argue yeah you need a ring general and neither of these were at this time a ring general exactly exactly so steve to summarize, my friend, uh, give us your thoughts on this match and then your standard chain wrestling rating out of 10. Again, I'm, I'm someone that wants to know every detail as to why I should be invested in this match. And there was nothing like whether it's WCW's fault for not showing us a promo package as to what the match is about and mm-hmm. um, if there's any form of within reason, some form of storytelling within the match itself, which I didn't really get, as we've already discussed. There's so many um, non-continuity. There's a lot of continuity errors, which I'm just like, it's just taking me out of the moment and the whole fireball thing and everything. I'm just like, I just I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I, um, the the uh, match that you spoke of Hogan versus Goldberg in that 70,000 capacity arena. Mm. I wanted to watch, I think I did watch the following Nitro or something. I can't remember now. Um, I listened to your podcast covering that episode of Nitro as well. I found it fascinating. <laughs> oh, I did do it then, did I? I, can't, yeah. I? Unlike you, I can't remember last week, but <laughs> I, I just look at this stuff and I just think, it is. I, I see why WCW went out of business. I know there's thousands of reasons why they went out of, out of business, but for me, I'm just like, this is one of one of many. And 
you ask about giving a rating. I mean, I, I'd rather give a rating left as Eeks rather than, rather than the match because it is just... I would never, ever... You, you say this a lot, Si. I never, ever will go to back to this match again. <laughs> for me, I mean, I'd ra- I will one day... I may even do it tomorrow, watch Yokozuna versus The Undertaker because I bet that match is better than this. It is. Well, th- well, th- well, there we are. Mm. Um, and you gave that, what, a three out of ten? Um, I did an unbooking... How do you remember this shit? Well, because I because I literally listen to you every single day and I'm going through all in chronological order and you you have such an impact on my life, it just is just stuck in my oh. brain. Oh, mate, thank and, you so much. That, um, that, that's so lovely. I did an, my first ever appearance on a book in the territory. They asked me to review a Nitro episode from 2000, I think it was. And I think I gave that, no, it was 1999. And wow. I gave that a three out of 10. It was wow. horrific. I can imagine. Yep. <laughs> I probably for me got to go with a, probably the same score for this three, maybe a two, but I'll go with three only okay. because of Hulk Hogan being who he is. Um, that's the only thing that got me invested in the match, Hulk Hogan himself. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just awful. I mean, you didn't even mention the bit at the end with like the pouring of the the gas. Oh over. my god, you're right. And, yes, and then all I hear is like one of the people. <laughs> you'd have to tell me who this person is, but there's some bloke comes out from the back, and he's like, "You, you can, you can't do that." <laughs> and the bishop is like, "I can Don't do what I want." I, 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 I don't Dillinger, yeah, that's right. Yes, and yeah. He was, he was head of security for WCW, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. okay. And, and and he's just, Eric Bishop's like, I can do whatever I want. And I'm just thinking, this is just this is just ridiculous. Like, you've completely taken me out of this this this, this now. And I don't, mm-hmm. it's a bit like um, my tangent about the whole Austin and, um, oh, what's his name with the gun? Um, Brian the guy that, But yeah, I just like, this is just ridiculous. I hate it. But yeah, um, three out of 10. That's being generous. <laughs> Magsy, your summary yeah. and your score, my friend. I mean, I, I totally get a, a lot of Steve, Steve Wars points and they, they absolutely make sense. For me, I, I knew of, of Hogan and the Warrior before this. So uh, this could have or should have at the time been a huge match. It should have been massive. This was something that mm. had only ever happened at WrestleMania. The rematch eight years down the line in a totally different com- uh, company should have been huge. But these two can't wrestle for Toffee. The, the, the spots <laughs> didn't work. Um, so for me, the only interesting part is the throwbacks to the, the match that I enjoyed as a kid. But as an mm. adult, I didn't enjoy them because it, I'm a totally different wrestling fan. So I, I agree with a hell of a lot of uh, Steve Orr's points. This was not a good match, not a good finish, not a good big spot. Too much NWO getting involved. The rules not applying um, um, as and when it, uh, this, the the ref and the the, the bookers see fit. <clears throat> but it's not the worst thing I've ever watched. Wow. Christ. <laughs> but I'm going to go <laughs> with the same score as Steve Orr, I think. A three is generous, um, but I'm going to go with a three. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm a touch lower. I have a two. 
<laughs> I mean, there's um, not much lower you can get than a three. No. It's like play your cards right. Oh, I was it's about to say, one I'm, a three, it's a two. <laughs> Brucey bonus over there. It's, uh, I, I think the best part of this match was the entrances. Yes. Yeah. I think the Warriors' entrance was awesome for me because it reminded me of being eight, nine, ten years old. And then Hogan's the entrance yeah. is badass. Hogan NWO yes, is, yes. is so cool. And Steve, I can't wait for you to start seeing some of this NWO stuff. It is um, the fact that people now still talk about it, and the fact that the NWO shirt is still one of the highest selling T-shirts in 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 wrestling in various guises says a lot because this is you know television from what twenty eight years ago, yeah, nineteen ninety six, whatever it may all be says a lot so the entrances are fantastic bell to bell this is fucking terrible <laughs> and i don't steve oh you, you you put forward my line very very well i don't ever want to go back and watch this again and it's a shame because i think wcw 96 97 98 there is so much good we remember the bad because the characters are so big and strong warrior Hogan. They're so standout as individuals and characters and, and names in the wrestling business. This gets remembered above a mid card match that had nothing on it. That was potentially, you know, a four star blinder. We don't remember that because there's no storyline to it. We remember this because mm-hmm. of all the build up, the hype, the nonsense with the mirror, the, the trap door that crippled Davey boy Smith, the, all that crap. But it's just, no, it's not for me. It's not for me. The Warrior, a little bit of context for those who are interested. The Warrior wasn't long for WCW after this. He uh, appeared on a couple more Nitros. I think he sadly, very, very sadly, saved Brutus Beefcake from an NWO beatdown at one point. And that was his last appearance for WCW. He disappeared from wrestling then. We know how the warrior then went on in his life to do certain newspaper columns and uh, live YouTubes and interviews and podcasts. And he would come across incredibly homophobic and racist at times. And he was not a particularly pleasant character for a long period of his life. However, credit where it's due towards the end of his days, he did realize that his behavior in the past was 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 not not acceptable he he was not a nice person and the warriors last match was actually against openly gay performer orlando jordan for a wrestling promotion that was promoting equality and uh, the acceptance of of everyone and the warrior put orlando jordan over in the main event of that show and apologized for his previous homophobic comments or attitude uh, and we all know, of course, the Warrior then went into the WWE Hall of Fame, appeared on Raw the following night, and then, incredibly, considering the, the promo that he cut on Raw about every man taking his last breath, passed away. I'm not going to lie. My wife and I, we shed a tear because this was a big part of our childhood. Yeah. And as bad as the Warrior could be, bell to bell, there was just something about this guy. If you could bottle what he had in 89, if you could bottle what he had in 90 uh, and literally drip feed it to some guys who wrestle now with their in-ring ability, 
Oh my Oof. goodness, you'd have a money making machine, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there we go. There we go. And obviously, of course, the Warrior has led to the Warrior Award with the WWE Hall of Fame, which is highlighting some fantastic people there as well. But yes, we all agree. This was pretty wank. So, <laughs> uh, so then, gentlemen, next week, and this is interesting because we have a three-way poll because everyone on the show is going to put forward an option. Where do we go next week? Maxi, normally we start with you. Should we do that or should we jump to our guest? No, do you know? I will let Steve-O take the wheel. You're a prick. You know that. 99 episodes, right? Yeah, but I like Steve-O. No, no, fuck you. 99 fucking episodes. I've never been allowed to go first. I say, what do you want to do? And you're, oh, I'll go first. Yeah, well, that was a- that was your doing from episode one. Uh, okay. Do you want to go first? No, I fucking don't. Well, there we go. You could go first next episode. Bollocks. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Steve-O, where do we go next week? Where are you linking? What is the option? So I'm, I'm going to do a mags. I'm cheating. He's linking back to this match. <laughs> I don't want to hear next week's chain wrestling to do with Hogan or <laughs> the warrior. I'm doing this from a selfish point of view. <laughs> okay. So the following match was DDP versus Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And Again, from a selfish point of view, I only know Goldberg in WWE. And the best thing I saw what he did was when he came back after 18 years and took on uh, Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. That is up there with one of the biggest shocks for me in um, the time that I've kind of watched new wrestling, even though it was in 2016, which I can't... That's new to me. Steve, that's new to me. My (laughs) wife gets her hair off with me because I say, I'm talking about modern wrestling this week. And she's like, oh, right. And I say, yeah, it was from 1999. And she's like, that's not fucking modern. That's... No. <laughs> but please, sorry, mate, carry on. No, 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 no. And and, and that's literally it. I, I, I'm linking the following matches, uh, wrestlers, which was Goldberg. And essentially, it's him taking on Brock Lesnar at that Survivor Series and winning that match after two minutes. I thought that was yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Smash and I mean, grab. Goldberg because, great. Because Goldberg back then was this monster of a man. I mean, he was a, f- a unit. It's incredible. And he was just decimating people left, right and centre. And then he comes back after that amount of time to survive a series and do what he did to Brock Lesnar. And I'm a massive Brock Lesnar mark. Not I'm quite me. now, but certainly back then, oh, I was in love with him. And uh, yeah, Going back to that Survivor Series. I can't believe that was in 2016, though. I'm sure that was later. I'm sure it may have been a bit later, maybe 2018. 
Because hmm. he's going to dive on the old Googles and have a look. Like on the old Google, I'm pretty certain that Lesnar fought Goldberg at the um, Survivor Series in 2018, possibly. Because I know it was an era where I kind of fallen out of love with um, wrestling by that point. Because ironically, in NXT, it was coming to a, a dire end. I it found. was. It was Survivor Series 2016. Yeah. Wow. Do you, know what's, do you know what's ironic, Steve? Really, and I hopefully you will watch along a bit with us when we get to that point of Nitro Nights. That version of Goldberg is Goldberg. Yeah. That's WCW yeah. Goldberg. That's the Goldberg yeah. that went 174 matches unbeaten. Yeah. And the company yeah. was built around him. So that's 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 a great shape, my friend. Um, and the yeah. irony is that just describing it and putting forward that pick you actually took longer than Goldberg took to, to win that match. <laughs> uh, Magsy, where do you want to go next week? Okay, so I, last week I used the link of Jericho, uh, and I'm actually going to backtrack on that. I'm going to use the link of Jericho again. Um, but the, there's a reason behind it. Um, I wanted to uh, tie in the whole... 100 episodes thing so uh-huh. okay I, I actually look back to find the 100th ever wwf pay-per-view and that pay-per-view is something that we've kind of touched on it is uh it's it's been mentioned in the chat but we've mentioned kind of like the aftermath of it it's the 2000 royal rumble is actually the 100th oh ever wow here we go <laughs> if you smell what the rock is cooking. The Rock says. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock says. Uh, Chris Jericho is on that. He's the. It's the match where he and oh. Chad are dual champions. Terrible. Um, off. But I don't want to watch that bullshit. Let's watch the 2000 Royal Rumble where The Rock. Eliminates Big Show and the the whole controversial ending there. So, uh, for the hundredth episode, let's go to the hundredth ever WWF pay per view and watch the two thousand Royal Rumble. If if that wins, I'm going to selfishly say, I'm going to selfishly say, can I come on and cover that as well? Because I, that is my era. Mm -hmm. That is my era. I I love it. Two thousand. No, no, you can't for that. (laughs) <laughs> for putting forward Goldberg versus Brock, you are barred from the show. No, of course you can. Absolutely, of course you can. Uh, my link is, is similar to Steve-O's in a way. Oh, we're all cheating. <laughs> no, 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 no cheating at all. I, I'm going to use a step of your link, but not go quite as far as you. You used Goldberg as the link. He was in the match that followed on. And uh, followed on from this, sorry, at Halloween Havoc. Incidentally, Steve-O, I don't know if you're aware, but the match with Hogan Warrior ran a bit long. The pay-per-view ran a bit long and they only had three hours of pay-per-view time. So the main event of Halloween Havoc, believe it or not, it was not Hogan Warrior as much as WWE tried to push it as that. Goldberg defended the title against Diamond Dallas Page in the, in the match after this because it went close to three and a half hours. That match didn't air in so many markets in the States because the pay-per-view oh, wow. feed cut. And they had to... It caught on the after, just after the entrances, didn't it? Yes. And they had to re-show that match for three on Nitro, and it cost WCW millions of dollars. Wow. In, in refunds, wow. yeah. Yeah. How much of a shambles is that? 
So, I would like to do that. I would like to go and stick with this pay-per-view, stick with WCW, stick with Halloween Havoc 1998. I would like to watch Goldberg versus Diamond Dallas Page from the main event of Halloween Havoc 98. And I'll tell you why. I watched it. You've never seen it. Because you've never seen it. I have seen it. This match was given by Wade Keller and by our good friend Dave Meltzer as the best match Halloween Havoc has ever seen. Now, you put into context how many matches Halloween Havoc has had. You know, that's quite a big statement. It's also Mm. apparently one of the best matches Goldberg has ever had. And the whole story was built around the Diamond Cutter. Or the RKO as we now know it. Diamond Dallas Page would hit the Diamond Cutter. The match would be over. So everyone favoured Goldberg because he was smashing the shit out of everybody. He was like on 150-odd unbeaten at this point. But everyone thought the underdog, Page, if he hits that Diamond Cutter, we could see a title change. And I've re-watched it recently. It's pretty fucking good. It's a good babyface versus babyface match. There's some interesting storytelling in there. So that is my option. So ironically, me and you are both using the following match to to next week. That's mad. Great mind. In fact, you're literally using the following match for next week. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the amount of effort he puts in. (laughs) Why don't you why do you keep saying this? Why do you keep digging me about the amount of effort I put? I work fucking hard, mate. (laughs) I'll say that. So those are your options for next week. The poll will be up later in the week on the Chain Wrestling Twitter account, at Chain underscore Wrestling. We have Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar from Survivor Series 2016, and a real throwback to how what made Goldberg great in the first place. We have yep. the Raw Rumble from 2000, and we also have Darren Dallas Page versus Goldberg for the WWE World Title for the main event of Halloween Havoc 1998. Make sure you vote, retweet, and all that great stuff when the poll comes up later on in the week. Uh, Magsy, I feel we've not done the chat enough credit this week or enough attention. Should we dive on in, have a look what people have been saying before we depart this evening? Yes, uh, absolutely. So... Um... We'll go back to where Josh says uh, the bell ringing was often a problem for Warrior. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking back on his matches now as an adult, it was not good. Um, it makes you appreciate Rick Rude even more, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, and then it was said about uh, WCW, you couldn't make top guard money unless you were on top, and you couldn't be on top unless you made top guard money, which stifled any scope for upward mobility. Yeah, I remember... Um, um, I think it was Eddie Guerrero who was forever complaining on his way to the ring that that he was sick of being in this in this position. And I think Jericho did it as well. Dan Griffith says this is what he watches chain wrestling for. Logical, reasoned, well thought out debate, and then Mag saying, Well, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> I'm also being called the little car park uh dogger, which is fun. It's not uh, about shagging, it's about the fighting. Dan Griffin thinks that Steve Orr's J.I. impression sounded more like Jim Cornette. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was if Booker T had a straw. You sounded like um, the woman of Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Mavis, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Josh again saying, imagine if uh, the court warrior uh, and with the fire and the grease paint had gone up in flame. I think that was probably the plan. That was probably Hogan. You beat me at WrestleMania, you bastard. I'll scar you for laugh. Worse than that, look how feathered and how big that 1980s hair is. What if they had caught the hairspray the warrior had been using? Yeah, yeah exactly. Very dangerous. It was just mm. ill thought out by Hogan. Just pathetic. Um... Dan says, uh, 15 minutes of a match, it was about 12 minutes, 59 <laughs> seconds too long. <laughs> the sad thing is, he's, he's right. It was so yeah. much too long. Uh, Doug Dillinger, the only man who loves the camera more than Jimmy Hart. And then Sharon says, uh, oh, Steve, oh, it's, it's nice that someone listens to Sal when he talks. <laughs> and that, that's why he has to resort to guest spots to get someone in who, who pays attention to him. Um mm. <laughs> Dan Griffin confirming that it was a uh, Goldberg returning uh, October 2016. Jesus Christ, so it's that. been six years ago since Goldberg came That's back. Crazy. Mm. That's crazy. madness. Absolute madness. Uh, he also says the the Raw versus SmackDown 5 on 5 Elimination Chamber uh, match from that uh, pay per view took 53 minutes. <sighs> That's a long All that. for bragging rights. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the Dan Griffin says the the 2000 Royal Rumble, which is forever known as the the Takamichi no, uh, Noku Boink Royal Rumble, mm. that guy bumped his ass off literally for that. For <laughs> I that think my th- there was a there was a oh, I think it was um one of your chain wrestlings. You I can't remember what exactly what it was. It was like. I can't remember what it was, but uh, all I remember is me t- saying that I, there's a quote that I use from JR in that particular Royal Rumble. Another one that um, crops up a lot is when uh, Jerry the King Lawler is just like, can we, can we watch that 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 spot again with Michinuku? And, the, and JR just goes, would you stop that? Just, he's, he's Japanese, not Chinese. Well, the same country, aren't he? Please. Casual racism at its finest. There we go. There we go. So then, that concludes this week's uh, Chain Wrestling Live, this this year's Halloween special. Thank you so, so much to everyone in the CWF who has got involved with our non-wrestling topic, got involved with our Halloween competition, got involved in the chat. It's been fantastic. Steve-O, mm-hmm. thank you so, so much for joining us this week. I have had a blast. It's been awesome actually talking to you not in person because we're in completely different parts of the country, but uh, as close as it can possibly be, it has been fantastic. And I want to say personally, hand on heart, my friend, thank you so, so much for all the support that you give chain wrestling. Thank you so much for all the support that you give any other shows that uh, I'm involved with Magsy's involved with uh, UTT uh, and bang, bang. You're, you're a pillar of our community, my friend and the CWF. Uh, they named themselves the CWF and it is, literally that it's the chain wrestling family but i think the cwf revolves around you i think you're the one of the most important components of this little niche group we have our own corner uncle i think i think it revolves a great deal around yourself you know and i want to thank you so so much for everything you do all the great content you put out yourself. I love your shows on music. I love your shows. The the episode watching back of nitro. I loved it so much. I listened twice. It's, it's brilliant. And just knowing you as a friend and knowing you as someone who, who supports what we do, honestly, hand on, you know, hand on heart, my friend, it means so, so much. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, Steve. I've had a blast. 
No, thank you. It's, like I say, it's very humbling you saying that because I just, you, like I said, this this show is literally a part of my life. I literally listen every single day, and it's very, very. I keep saying this on Elite FPL that with Elite FPL we're very much a community, mm-hmm. and in, in your guys' world, you're you're a, we're a family and. I find with the independent shows like like you like you guys are and we are they're more um personal and the reason why I am the way I am is because I've got a connection with what you guys are talking about and I find that with Elite FPL for example me and Jason have this connection with our audience and I think that what you guys have got is something really special and there are people in this this family that you know honestly like you guys are literally part of my life every single day and it's almost like a a routine of mine to make sure that every thursday i'm listening to you guys on the way to london zoo as an example and you know even like all my like little side projects that i do with the podcasting stuff it's all a learning curve for me and you know, I'm still even doing this 2011 uh, podcast stuff that I'm doing. I'm not going to deny it. The first couple of episodes are fucking awful. However, they get better because I'm trying to improve myself. I do my own research into my own show, like where I got to do the sound levels and everything and all this nonsense. And it is down to you guys that why I do it. And there's a lot of things that Mag says, like, I said at the start of the show, like if you enjoy what you're doing, just do it. And for me personally, like I never expected to be doing every single episode of raw SmackDown for 2011, but I'm just enjoying it now. It's just part of the process. And I'm not going to, well, no, can I reveal it now? Yeah, I will to help with it. Um, I've been in contact with Rob and Dan for the three of us to cover WrestleMania 27. And I'll kind of want to, um, each pay-per-view of 2011, I kind of want to get you guys on and then various other people of the chain wrestling family to come on and just talk about the the pay-per-view that I'll be coming up to and stuff and then yeah. releasing it and everything. Because like I say, I want to I want to cover it all. I, I just think it's just something people may find interesting and, you know, whatever my point of views are. Don't get me wrong, a lot of it is just, I found this segment awful. <laughs> you know, I find it very difficult just to, to do this stuff on my own because I need that two-way conversation with somebody doing these things on my own. It's impossible. I have to do it on my own because I'm so busy with elite FPL Mm -hmm. that arranging to do this is very, very rare. Um, You know, I'm coming up on um, bang bang podcast and it's taken us months to arrange an actual date because I can't, I can't, specifically say i can do this date because i'm just so um busy with elite fpl and work that yes. i'd love to do guest spots and everything you know i've been invited on many times to different podcasts i'm like i, I can't do it, i'm afraid i can't do it but going back to this whole chain wrestling family i think it's just wonderful what you've done and like especially with your media group and everything and a lot of the shows i listen to like you're in sharon's uh podcast is I don't know where they've gone. You've done two episodes. I think they're brilliant. I think they're yeah, wonderful. It, 
it's funny me and sharon spoke about it literally the other day about when we're going to get more recorded but she's very busy with with her business and she's also been decorating our front room and it looks fucking fantastic to my love it looks amazing but also i'm very busy with this but it is something that we're going to do and we're going to return to and i, I can't wait because i love recording my wife it's fantastic yeah. it's funny because i speak to my wife every day but we sit down and have a recording it, it feels different and it's lush you know yeah, your NXT rise and fall with Josh is just stunning. And that's just the intro. <laughs> the actual <laughs> conversation pieces are just magnificent. Like, I'll just literally just be in the graveyard, just sat there, just listening and listening and listening. And, like, I always say this you know what a good podcast is when you forget what you're doing and time mm-hmm. just disappears. It's the same with the change in attitude. I don't know what's happened with it, but. You know, I mean, whatever's happened with has happened with it. And I really, really enjoyed that. And like I say, this show is just, like I say, it's just part of my life. I'm just repeating myself now, but um, yeah, I no, just I think it's fucking it, brilliant. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I, that's, I really, can, that's, that's really touched me. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can only echo everything that Sar said. Uh, it always blows my mind when I hear that people have listened to my content. It's all, it's only ever been, I don't want to say vanity projects, but they've been to entertain me. Um, And to, to have the conversations, it's never been about numbers or views or, or uh, monetization. It's always been about having conversations with other wrestling fans. And the fact that you uh, and the, the rest of the, the amazing CWF, um, come back every week to, to listen to what two morons say about the world of wrestling. <laughs> it, always, it always blows my mind. And uh, I will never not appreciate uh, that from you guys. You, you not even just listening to the show, the, the support that I get in my daily life from knowing that, that guys like you guys like Dan, guys like uh, uh, Danish Sharon, um, give a shit about what I think or um, listen to the, the words that say it, it means more than I could ever tell, tell anyone. Uh, and it's, it's just, uh, it's a very, very warm feeling. And we massively appreciate you taking the time to come on this show. Um, yeah. It's been, it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much for doing it. It's like with any podcast, I know we're going on a bit now, but like with like with any podcast though, that I listen to, if you're talking about subject matters, which are relatable, it's a bit like with wrestling. If you can relate with it, you'll be invested in it. And the way you structured this specific show, which is just non wrestling topic where let's get real here. Everybody's got something to say about whatever the subject matter is apart from me today, but (laughs) everybody has a story about something and we can have a laugh about it. And then ironically, I reckon today's wrestling segment is probably the longest segment you've done because most of the wrestling segments you do run for about 30 minutes, 35 minutes today. It's been almost what an hour and a hour and 15 minutes, an Mm -hmm. hour and a half. And it's just fantastic because you two are so knowledgeable of what you, of, about the wrestling itself. People like me are just like, give me more, give me more, give me more. It's like the same with Rob and Rob and Dan. <laughs> Those two are encyclopedias. It is ridiculous, you know. And and the fact that your characters as well, you know, it's it's why I kind of started listening to Mags because you did a um an episode with. Um, James and Rob doing the 1992 Royal Rumble. Okay. And yeah. I was like, 
who are these guys? Like they've got Northern voices, you know? And, and, and like, I was just, I was just grabbed straight away, but it's, it's the knowledge that you were giving me as a listener. I was like, I'm going to give these guys more of a go and or, or give oh, them a go. Much. And just, it's just, it's just brilliant. It's why I support you with, with the shirts and stuff. You know, I mean, I've bought what four or five of your shirts and I want to buy the NXT one, you know, cause I just think it's, it's brilliant. And yeah, it's the way that I and various other people can show support towards you by just wearing your merchandise because it's uh, it's just brilliant. My favourite one is the uh, the is it the Outsiders, the NWO style one, the yes. red one. That's that's my favourite one. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think it's absolutely brilliant. My favourite is I know words dash mags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with regards to the merch, uh, it's, it's it's a huge thing for me because uh, a little bit of I suppose peek behind the curtain. Um, this does cost money. Uh, the streamyard costs money. Um, the the the, you know, the subscriptions to the site I use to design the merchandise cost money. Um, the the site that carries the podcasts that obviously this is the live one. This costs money. There's another site that carries our audio stuff that costs money. And the way that is funded is by people buying the merch. So to me personally, that means a great deal. So yeah, again, Steve, I can't thank you enough for all the support you've given us. It's, it's fantastic. My friend. No, 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 like, like without wanting to repeat myself, like at the end of the day, like it's people like you guys, whether you're Mags and Cy or you're Joe Rogan, like if you're keeping your audience entertained by distracting them away from there, like in my place of work, some shitty fucking job as a team leader in a, in a, in a supermarket for that three hours between four 30 in the morning and seven 30 in the morning. And I've got you guys in my ears for two and a half hours or whatever the time is just goes because I'm enjoying what you're doing. And it's just next, go on to the next, next episode. Or whatever, and it's just just brilliant. I think that's that's Thank the you. best compliment that you could ever pay yeah. us. That that we take you out of your mundane real life and, and whisk <laughs> you away. No, and and I'm I'm, I'm not uh, disparaging your your laugh at all. But we take you out of reality, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we uh, we wish you away on a on a journey with us idiots. Um, yeah, that that <laughs> honestly means the world to us, and it does. Yeah, that- we Honestly, I, appreciate it. I've literally just WhatsApp to the wife as as we were talking, saying we need to wrap up soon because I'm getting emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to cry on air. Fucking hell, <laughs> I've got a reputation to upkeep. <laughs> we should definitely just do a, uh, a Halloween have a 1998 uh, outro and just cut off whilst we're still talking and just cut the show <laughs> maybe the audio version later in the week that'll happen as a bit of a wind up. I don't know, but it, it won't because I'll forget. But there we go. Um, <laughs> Steve-O, before we depart, my friend, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online and all the fantastic content you do, your solo podcasts, your fantasy football? It's, it's awesome. Um, really, it's uh, the, the fantasy football stuff I like to promote, really, which is at Elite FPL. I'm really proud of what me and Jason have done over the past four years. It's gone from literally what you guys are doing now, but it was on a Facebook group, to what it is now where we're literally streaming to like 130 odd people or whatever it is. It's just ridiculous. I like Mags's words. I can't believe people 
listen to what me and Jason have to say. But anyhow, um, that's our elite FPL. So if you like fantasy football, um, all my other stuff is just me, just being me. If you like, it's always like it, worth listening like... to, my friend. It's always yeah. worth listening to. So thank that, you. And that's the best thing that you could could have said because that's that's what draws people into you. I mean, uh, I think I've said it on this show uh, multiple times. I um, am not the the heavy rock uh, fan that, that you and Say are, but I would happily listen to you reviewing uh, songs because I'm drawn into you and your oh, character and your your uh, your mindset. And I love seeing you uh, air guitar and I love seeing you like uh, the drums and the 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 earphone way is just going mental in the air. I just <laughs> you are so it's gold. It's gold. So easy to like. It's just, yeah, it's just so, it's, so it's much just, fun. It's, it's not being pretentious. And it's something that I get fucked off with a lot of content, whether it's um, the fitness world, whether it's the wrestling world, whatever. I can't stand pretentious people. And this is real. These are just two blokes, three blokes in this case, chatting about something that they love. And like with my music videos, which are literally just me, like you just said, air guitaring along. It's like, I'm not going to stand here for 10 minutes talking about the music because I'm not really knowledgeable enough to talk about it. It's just like, I'm just going to show you that I enjoy it. Here's the song, press play, bang, here we go, just play around. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I did a video yesterday for a laugh, but everything that I do is at Total Steve-O. And uh, the, the, the TikTok one's the weird one. Um, that, um, what's her face? Nicole Bass is now at 17 million views. It's just like... That's insane. Madness. Madness. <laughs> it, is. it is. It's ridiculous. More people no. paying attention to Nicole Bass on your TikTok than their actual career. Well, TikTok's a, a, a crazy <laughs> one because, like, um, essentially, like, I'm now just uploading dash cam video footage of car crashes. And, like, some videos get, like, you know, a few thousand views. Some get just a few hundred. And then there was one the other day that got, like, 170,000 views. It's just, like, insane. it's crazy. I, I just literally just post and ghost on these fucking things the only thing that i do um like doing is interact on twitter i think twitter because of twitter is how i got to connect with you guys and i think twitter is a really powerful platform i know a lot of people criticize it but i actually think personally twitter is probably the best social media site out there that's my opinion um and even when they ban your accounts multiple times uh, yeah my fault um (laughs) i like instagram because of all the pretty ladies (laughs) i'm too cynical (laughs) just listen to my podcast i'm too cynical (laughs) i I have heard it i have heard it magsy my friend is it worth anyone following you are you still ghosting everyone being a dick i mean you can that's rude first of all being called a dick uh but i do have these social medias that steve has my tiktok is not as active as steve was um but you can follow me uh at mags all pods or follow me down here on the twitter i've liked and retweeted this week so fuck you sir uh at podfather mags <laughs> fantastic uh with regards to me nobody wants to follow me that's not interesting you need so to be following the, the, the show yeah you need to be following the network and that is at sjp world media on facebook and twitter on Facebook, there is a page and a group. Uh, like the page, there is an invite to the group as well. It's a private group because that's where this goes out on Facebook. So we you know, like to make sure that we don't get no assholes. End of. But yeah, join in, like on Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter, sorry, like on Facebook and so on. And via those links at SJP World Media, you get 
links to all the shows and all the merch. So NXT Rise and Fall with Joshua Goodwin that Steve mentioned. The uh, people looking at modern day WWE, so we don't have to, you know, with RSH in the states and in the corner with Benny Mac. Fantastic work by Benny Mac, by the way. Twice a week, he's looking at WWE for us. Oh, he's brilliant. Raw and SmackDown reviews. And he has the awesome Tyler Peters joining him now as a regular host on a Wednesday. Absolutely fantastic. Love Tyler. Speaking of Tyler, he does a show with Scottish Danny called Back When, which is now, it was once a month, is now in the new schedule, which has recently come out this week, going to go once a fortnight. So you'll be checking out more from Scottish Danny and Tyler Peters there when they look at Back When numerous stuff back when certain albums came out back when certain films came out back when certain wrestling events happened fantastic stuff those two guys i love to bits we have dr who pod with dan griffin we have the waiting room looking at quantum leap with uh benny mccormack and we have all, all sorts going on just so much so much going on and more shows coming all the time this week on its own thursday a new show added murder in mind podcast with our good friend morty from morty and fitch podcast me and he are looking back at uh, a, a sometimes forgotten bbc drama from the early 2000s called murder in mind just so much content there make sure you check it a follow but most importantly you can follow this show on facebook instagram tiktok and twitter at chain underscore wrestling that's at chain underscore wrestling and on twitter is where all your non-wrestling topics and your competitions and the, the poll and so on are available gentlemen i have had an absolute blast i have loved this steve thank you so much for joining us it has been fantastic magsy as always i love you to bits even if you do look ridiculous and (laughs) i want to say i'm off now to listen back to our first two or three episodes of chain wrestling because chain wrestling 100 comes out next week and there's only really steve-o that remembers those early jokes so i'm gonna try and recycle them i'll speak to you next week boys bye-bye